Hey, everybody. Duckfeed.tv, the podcast network, is incredibly close to our next stretch goal uh, on our Patreon, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. That is for a love and romance and sex advice show that I want to do called Heartbeat City. You can find the pilot for that uh, already on the Duckfeed Presents channel. Um, we have been hovering right around that total, um, so much so that we keep getting it and then people's credit cards get declined uh, and then we lose at the beginning of the month. Uh, that's a reality of Patreon life. But uh, I'd like to encourage you to uh, support us if you want to see that show. I think the pilot's really good. I think you guys will like the show. And it's different than anything else we want to do on the network. So, again, that Patreon is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. A couple bucks a month makes a big difference. Thanks. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. This is Watch Out for Fireballs, a Games Club podcast. And this week we are continuing our Resident Evil month with Resident Evil Code Veronica, which is a survival horror game developed and published by Capcom for the Dreamcast in the year 2000. Uh, Gary, I think this may be the second or maybe third Dreamcast game we've done. What else have we done on the old Dreamcast? We've done Jet Set Radio. Oh, yeah. And that might be it, actually. That might be it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's the the second one. I was I was all ready to say first because I played Jet Set Radio on the PC, and of course this has been ported to hell and back as well. Right, right. I'm thinking. Yeah, um, I'm thinking originally, like uh, most of the great stuff on the Dreamcast has been ported elsewhere. Yeah, the, the, there's very 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 few exclusives on the Dreamcast. The Dreamcast, uh, you know, despite the fact that it has very very fervent defenders, kind of <laughs> historically, like in the room, what's <laughs> it, it, it's, it's We've talked about it. We've talked yeah, about I, it. I kind of yeah. get it. Like this, this was a big, this was the strongest argument though. Yes. To me. Like if you were going to say like, Hey buddy, the Dreamcast is, is worth your time. Mm-hmm. For me at the time, this was the strongest argument for it. Like there were other things, you know, I play a little bit of that Sonic game where you have to fucking do the, the Pokemon hamsters or whatever. Oh, the chows. Yeah, the chows. <laughs> chows. Um, and then I, I, you know, I played like all the you know games everyone else has played. Like I played, um, played power stone and it was fine and mm-hmm. i played crazy taxi and it was like that game is fun mm-hmm. you know like there there's 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 fun stuff to be had but it was so like uh there was no meat yeah you know there's no meat like where's the where's the where's the you know where's the meat and then uh <laughs> and then this came along and i was like oh like a full-fledged resident evil game like yeah. exclusive to the system that is you know my roommates have down in the living room like that's awesome i'm going to this was a, a weird first for me this was the first game that i bought for someone else's like system. Like it was just in the house and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to own just this game and not own a dreamcast. Yeah. Because there's a dreamcast in the, uh, the, you know, the house full of like stoner college kids I live with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when they all go to sleep, you know, because <laughs> I don't have to classes in the morning, I'm going to play code Veronica every night until I get through it. 
Um, so th- this was this was the argument when back when um, for a little while there was a website for the uh, retro games magazine called Retro uh, that came back. The guy was like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna bring back game magazines," and uh, I wrote for that website for a little bit. Um, like did like you know a few co- a couple of reviews, and then uh, there's one one in the actual magazine. I never got paid for it. Uh, and then I also they solicited something that they never paid me for or published, which is frustrating. Mm-hmm. But they did like a thing on their website, which was you know, when they do those, those calls to everybody, and they're like, "Hey, it's the Dreamcast anniversary. Like, write your Dreamcast memory." Yeah. And I was like, "It's it's got to be Code Veronica, even though like this is not a great game. Like, this is this kind of weirdly defined what the Dreamcast was Absolutely. for me. Yeah. You know, it's a." Uh, yeah. Uh, so let's get into it because this is a direct sequel to Resident Evil 2, but it's the fourth game in the series. CR discussion last week about Resident Evil 3 to get a little bit of insight into how and why that happens. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so this, uh, you play as uh, Chris and Claire Redfield, the brother and sister team finally united, uh, as they escape the clutches of one of Umbrella's, uh, the, one of their founding families in this uh, military installation. Which is one of the the first instances of like umbrella resource creep, <laughs> you know, like oh we own the Antarctic and then also we own uh, yeah we just have an uh, island in the South Sea, an island with an with a private army and tanks and shit, right? And, oh yeah, umbrella has Harriers, so <laughs> uh, we have a Harrier dispenser. We have enough yeah. Harriers to necessitate a Harrier rack. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, so yeah, this is uh this is she just got real. Yep. <laughs> Um, this is the last of the non-over-the-shoulder Resident Evil games, uh, you know, chronologically. Um, and as such, its play is very similar to the previous ones we've covered outside of RE4. Um, you know, you're doing tank controls, you're navigating environments, you're shooting monsters and collecting items and solving puzzles and things like that. Um, but notably, it lacks some of those niceties of Resident Evil 3. So you don't have things like the dodge. Uh, you do have a quick turn, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no, no, uh, no dodge. And, uh, this, uh, this kind of the system, you know, being on the Dreamcast, being on a like, a, you know, 0.5 gen or whatever we want to call the Dreamcast, mm-hmm. um, does help in some other ways, like impacts the play and the presentation. Yes. As well. So, um, Graphically, um, it's in full 3D. There are no pre-rendered backgrounds, and uh, I think it actually makes that transition pretty well. It does. You know, like the ba- the backgrounds are not like breathtakingly beautiful, like remake. You know, but uh, they are they they're very confident. Mm-hmm. Um, and the biggest deal is that the uh, the camera can kind of pan around and zoom and follow your character. Um, you don't control the camera, but it is kind of a hybrid between the fixed camera angles of the old games and the controllable camera of the new games. Right. Uh, so it is, uh, I was, I watched, um, I played this quite a while ago for the show, but I watched a uh, speed run of it last night to kind of remind me. And I was surprised by how dynamic the camera is. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it is trying to emulate that fixed camera, but it makes a lot of subtle changes that do, you know, for the most part, like show you what you need to see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of a good, good camera setup. Yeah. It's a uh, good, with a couple of exceptions. Right. It's a good direction. Um, and it had been so long since I played Dino Crisis that I forgot this. This isn't the first time that Capcom, Capcom did this for a survival horror game. Dino Crisis is in full 3D as well, but that is a swimmy, awful mess because it is on the, the original PlayStation. I, I, I played uh, both Dino Crises way back in the day, but I never revisited them. Yeah. Uh, I love dinosaurs, but I don't like, you know, my love of dinosaurs doesn't have to do with fictions where I kill them. <laughs> you know, like, right. I, you know, I don't have to, like, yeah. um, you know, so uh, the, you know, at some point I've, I've thought about, like, I have them both on the, 
you know, on my Vita. Of course. You know, on the virtual console, but I haven't revisited them. So that's good to know. Yeah. I'm going to be doing those on a stream, uh, at least the first one sooner rather than later as well. Um, but yeah, like this is them going whole hog and it, uh, it accomplishes what it sets out to accomplish. One thing that you gain from being in full 3D is that you get that dynamic lighting as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is cool, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it's kind of a good looking game. And if you play this on one of the, uh, you know, like you said, it's been ported to hell and back. Um, the version I played, which was the version you can download on the, the PS4, um, looks pretty good. You know, nice. it's a nice looking game. Like everything, uh, the, you know, the models look good. The backgrounds look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, a little low detail, but it's not a bad looking game. No. Uh, outside of cutscenes. No inside cutscenes, it, it's got that Resident Evil 4 on the PS4 problem where like everything looks like Vaseline is. Right, right. It's really bad upscaling. Like they didn't resample yeah. the original assets and stuff yeah. like that. Exactly. Um, another kind of knock on effect of this, um, and you know, and just the fact that they're in a new engine, new system, the game feels faster and snappier than other RE titles. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, you, you move it. You move at ridiculous speed. It's like you know, uh, like you know, a regular FPS uh, to Doom. You know, almost it, like you move very fast in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, so do your enemies. Like zombies can clear a room pretty quickly. Like the hunters, they might as well just like warp from place to place. Get over here. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, I'm over there. I guess that'd be the opposite of. Well, you have yeah, Bandersnatches that do get over you here. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they they literally they do get over. They buy on a commando over to you. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it feels really good. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this has like a really nice kind of game feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, and the it's funny though because as we're going to get into it, like the game is sometimes designed around that. <laughs> you know, like there, like like there are parts where it's like this feels like oh like. The amount of backtracking I'm doing is unusual even for a Resident Evil game, but it doesn't feel bad because moving is really quick. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> uh, every room is just like six zombies and they're right on top of you. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they, they, they lunge much quicker mm-hmm. than other zombies do. Um, this was an interesting thing about reading this or watching the speedrun is like, you know, the guy who has the world record, uh, for this, the, the best player of Code Veronica, uh, in the world, um, is continually, continuously just getting like grabbed by chump zombies because previously, you know, zombies had to kind of turn around before they grab you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can grab you from behind now. Yeah. So if you try to play this the, the way you're intended to play a Resident Evil game where you, uh, avoid conflict, you know, a lot of the time, like you, you dodge zombies, it's much trickier, mm-hmm. uh, than, than it is in other games because you can't rely on going to their blind spots. No, no, you well. can't, you can't juke them. They don't have yeah, like, they're harder to juke. Yeah. Like you, you can do it, but that's what I mean. They have, yeah, they have they have a much wider radius of like grab uh, zone. Yeah, it's like uh, it, Dark Souls two to Bloodborne. Yeah, totally. I was actually gonna make that comparison. Like it is, uh, it's like a later Souls boss thing, and it's pretty frustrating um, because the game is very dense with enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, we we talked about this with three, and three is dense, but not nearly as dense as this. Like, yeah. this has more screens that refill. Yes. Uh, with zombies. Um, and just every time you go to this room, there's going to be three or four of them. That definitely signals to the player like, hey, don't take these out. Dodge them. <laughs> right. But they make the dodging. They do a few things to make the uh, the, the dodging not particularly good. Right. Uh, one thing, just because it's not going to come up and it's an issue for the whole game. It's a, it's a real subtle change, but it never didn't bother me. So I'm going to bring it up here. Um, in this game, uh, zombies fall forward as opposed to back. Mm-hmm. When you shoot them. So what that means is that if they are, you know, uh, uh, two thirds of a Jill with, you know, away from you or a Claire or Claire height away from you, uh, on the ground, 
um, they fall forward, they can immediately go into the ankle shoe mm-hmm. thing on you. And that sucks. Yep. So yeah, bad. Because like, it holds you still and more zombies can get up on you. Some can get yeah. around you. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's it's really bad. Mm-hmm. Like it is uh, the fact that zombies fall forward when you're shooting them from the front. Like I don't want to get into the 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 physics you know, of it. You're not gonna. Yeah, like the JFK. Like <laughs> yeah. I was trying to remember that I I was the Zapruder say, film. The Zapruder. I was gonna say the MacGruber film, which is uh, <laughs> Simpsons, <laughs> which <laughs> which is which is SNL. Yeah, yeah, SNL. Yeah, McGarnacle's Simpsons. MacGruber's <laughs> SNL. Uh, Zapruder is uh, you know, rest in peace. Right. Our, our sweet, sweet rich prince. Um. <laughs> But, like, the fact that they fall forward just sucks really bad when you go into a room, there's, like, four zombies, you shoot the one who's closest to you, he falls at your ankles, chews on your ankles while everyone else surrounds you. Yeah. It makes no sense for them to fall forward, and it's such an intentional change because zombies always fall backwards. In the in the other games, and that's why it yeah. sticks out, and that's why it's worth uh, kind of complaining about. Yeah. yeah, and it just it just impacted my play way more than you would think a minor change like that would. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. jeers to zombies <laughs> that fall forward. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I was about to say cheers, but we're getting into the stuff that doesn't work. It's a little bit of a problem that they make it hard to get around enemies um, or, you know, kind of like force you into more conflicts than you otherwise would get into in in other RE games. Even other even other RE games that kind of announce themselves as being more action focused. Right. Mm-hmm. RE2 and RE3 still kind of reward that, you know, stinginess. Right. Yeah. Um it's it's a little bit of a problem here because we are back to resources being, you know, pretty well constrained, right? You know, there's some niceties that they revoke. You don't have the ammo. Um you also don't have any real You know um, the ammo built ammo maker. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. The, the 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 ammo system from our You do have ammo. It would be extremely difficult if it's like yeah. They, they really made it a survival horror game like you don't have ammo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, like my there's, there's well no, that, that would be the evil within if you didn't have yeah. ammo. Um <laughs> but um you don't have the uh the, the the ammo crafting system. Uh you don't have uh dynamic uh item like caches mm-hmm. that you know respond to kind of where you're at. Um, and this gets to be a real problem because of one of the other main differences. So you're back to having two protagonists in this game, two characters that you play as, but it mandates that you play as Claire first and, and Chris second. And you're in, you know, roughly the same environments. Um, they're slightly altered for Chris, but you get the idea. This is an evolution of the zapping system from RE2. Their weird name for just, oh, what happens in one playthrough affects the, the other. Rashomon. Yeah, like the, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's not for the better because you can really, really fuck yourself by the way you use resources in the first half of the game. Um, yes. By not having enough left over for Chris. Like, new caches are exposed because of the way the environments change, but not nearly enough to actually get through. And there's no indication that you are, that, that you are supposed to be conserving, right? No. Um, and as I mentioned, like in the last episode, like, I think, you know, this is their idea of just doing, you know, having it give you some value, right? Like, like, oh, you're going to get your double playthrough. People love that, you know, you can play as Resident Evil 2 with both characters. Like, mm-hmm. the story won't make sense for that. So let's just let's just do that. So you can kind of see what they're going for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the idea that, like, Chris is trying to rescue. So he's following in the footsteps, you know, yes. um, that's all well and good. But unless you know what's coming, like. Like, you're right. Like, you can just totally fuck yourself over. And not just um, with regards, like, leaving stuff for Chris. Like, there are more kind of dead-end encounters Mm -hmm. in this than there have been in a Resident Evil in quite a while. Um, Elaborate on that. uh, Saving on the airplane before the boss fight. Yeah. With not enough ammo to fight the the tyrant there. Mm -hmm. You know, that's it. That's it for you. That's it for that game. You know, if you haven't been keeping multiple saves at various places... 
And it, not even that. It's not even if you haven't did multiple saves because resources are finite. Mm-hmm. If you were trigger happy and were fighting respawning zombies mm-hmm. up until that point, uh, you can literally just put the game into an unwinnable state. Yep, because, because the zombies are unlimited, resources are limited. And that's that's a, such a that doesn't feel very Resident Evil to me. Like mm-hmm. that, I feel like that's the kind of thing people uh, when they you know if, if they started playing Resident Evil One and didn't like it, they probably thought that was the case. Right. Like there's not near you know they're thinking of it in terms of a conventional game, and they're like there aren't enough bullets here for all the enemies. Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. You know this is a garbage game. Mm-hmm. And then you then you kind of adjust your brain. You get on Resident Evil's level, and you're like, well, no, you know, I have to be conservative, et cetera, et cetera. That's where the actual tension comes from. That the gameplay. That's the survival part of this. Um, it feels like it breaks like a fundamental rule of the genre mm-hmm. in a way that I don't expect from the people who in like, you know, modernized, not invented, you know, let's get into it. You know, but like, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much invented the genre. Right. You know, right. like, yeah. Um, so it just it just bums me out. Like you can just kind of continuously get in those those spots. Yeah. Um, you can do it with any of the boss fights, which is. That that can happen in other Resident Evil games, but just much more rare. I feel like, yeah, uh, that stinginess, and also this, this impacts everything. So it's not just the unlimited zombies, but it's also the real weird directionless, like you know, first third of this game. Where, <laughs> where like, you have once you get three places you can go to. <laughs> yeah, when you get to the mansion, and there's like there's a there's a an, a key item that there's two of, and you can use them in two different places mm-hmm. in a real kind of goofy way. Like it it just feels sloppy. Yeah. In a way that I don't consider Resident Evil to generally be sloppy. No, usually they are, you know, like they're not Swiss clocks or anything, but they account for some of that direction, right? If you mm-hmm. look at, if you look at the way that, you know, RE1 flow charts, you know, it's, it's kind of nonlinear. You know, you, you, you end up having to get like, you know, it's gated by keys. Um, you end up having to get three of a thing in order to accomplish like this task. I feel like, you know, if you compared that to this, It'd be like the normal spider's web versus the spider who, who's the spider on LSD who made a web, right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like just, a spider that's like fucking on like acid and like yeah. On, I mean, you, like you've crack, seen those, dude. right? In your in your yeah. in your dare handbook, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't don't be like Spencer Spider. Uh, be like yeah. Susie Spider. Yeah. <laughs> right, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah, so, yeah. the insidious part about that sloppiness is like. You don't notice it until you're until you're kind of like in the thick of things, right? Yeah, it's um, it, it, it's it's kind of insidious, and you know, I want to address that. Like, oh, it feels like it's breaking away from the genre. It feels like it that they're not living up to kind of the kind of the design contract. Like, that's fine. Something doesn't have to dogmatically be a survival horror game to be, you know, considered to be a good example of the you know of the form, right? Or to see you know, Resident Evil Four, right? You know, like yeah. which is one of my favorite games of all time. It you doesn't know, like. <laughs> It doesn't feel like they are um, making the changes for mindful reasons that make a positive difference for the experience. No, the, the, the only thing with the best will in the world that I can see that they're going for is, uh, let's say, you know, when everyone started playing Resident Evil um, and they they had that feeling of kind of being fucked and had to like, oh, now I have to start dodging and maybe I'm in like a risky position. I have to do it. And that's kind of tense. Is them trying to recreate that feeling of like everyone being new to survival horror. Mm hmm. You know, by like, let's, let's really crank it back and really make it like this. The, the problem with that is that even if you know in general you have to be conservative, you don't know in specific mm-hmm. where you need to be. Uh, and there's different kinds of flavors of conservation. So like, it is, you can, 
it is the right move to clear out some rooms mm-hmm. because the damage you're likely to take is going to be a tax on another resource. Yeah. So something like a narrow hallway. Yeah. Right? You know, um, and but if that just kind of refills or if you don't know which which, it, which one it is, there are a lot of narrow hallways in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just, you know, it, it kind of rewards like the, it's much easier to play if you know what's coming. Mm hmm. In a way that is contrary also to, to game design. Like, right. you know, I, I talk about all the time, like bad puzzles are ones where you don't have complete information. The the grand puzzle of this, the grand resource management and strategy is a bad puzzle because you don't have the necessary information to solve it at the beginning. Right. All you have is like one minor blurb in the player handbook that you spawn with that yeah. takes up an inventory spot until you are out of the first area because there are no item boxes. Yeah, because they're, yeah, they, they're so stingy with save rooms. Mm-hmm. That's like another part of this that like just makes it... More so backtracky, like, like for, yeah, more more backtracky, sure. and like, yeah, yeah, blah, blah. Um, to 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 give an anecdote to kind of express this, I'm not bad at these games, you know, like I'm not great. <laughs> I'm not running around taking no damage and finish finishing them in record times, but like I'm conversant in them, you know. Mm-hmm. When I played Code Veronica on the stream last year in 2016, like I got to a point where I was just fucked. I was like, I was Chris. I was still on the island. I was in the military base, and just there was a point where. There was there there was no possible realm in which I had a save where I could go back and get through this encounter. So what I did was I went off stream and just the next day I restarted the game and got back up to that same room and then like from the beginning of it and then just started the stream back up like, hey, guess what? Here I am on playthrough two of this game because I'm going to finish this goddamn game on the stream. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I have to restart and play better, but only with knowledge that I had from that first aborted attempt. Right. You know, which a lot of video games do that in a micro level. This game does it on a macro level. Right. Uh, that is uh, kind of, you know, really disrespectful to your time. Mm-hmm. Um, or can be, right? Yeah. Like, if, if you, you know, you can kind of luck out. You can, some of those things that uh, so a lot of times, rather than an encounter being impossible, as we mentioned mostly, an encounter will just be, like, a lot harder than it seems like it should be. Right. You know, but you, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of this, like moving on. So there are positive things to say about this. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about them. Um, one of the ways that you can get through a lot of these encounters or they kind of ameliorate that is this is the first Resident Evil with a good knife. Yep. Um, which it, you know, the, the knife always, uh, in previous Resident Evils were just like, we had to include this so the game could never be literally impossible to win. <laughs> right. Um, you know, to avoid this thing, but like it's effectively impossible. The knife is actually really good. Here, you're never going to use it on anything that's not a zombie, mm-hmm. but it's very good against zombies. Yeah. Um, it is worth keeping in your inventory as long as you can spare the space. Sometimes you can't yeah. because of, you know, yeah. again, because of the rarity of these item boxes. But the the reason that it's overpowered is because it registers multiple hits um, yeah. on, a, on, on a slice. And the way that zombie, um, you know, uh, kind of like stun locking works, um, you, you know, will end up knocking them down and you know that is one place where them falling into you is good because downward swipes will get them in the entire animation of them falling down yeah yeah so the uh and the game even starts with like what is essentially a little training area for fighting zombies with knives mm-hmm. you know like the game actually it doesn't tutorialize it but if you again like everything in code veronica if you know what's going on because you've played through the game <laughs> You know, but but there's nothing. There's no way if you're just coming to this game. There's no way for you to think the knife isn't just inventory box fire. Right. You know, unless that's why they don't put inventory box. They don't put an inventory box there. Mm-hmm. And then it, it's like this series of decisions that like every one of them has an upside that you can imagine, but a downside that's much more evident. Yes. You know, uh, pretty pretty big bummer. Um, 
so this uh, this began, and I apologize for people. Uh, there's a vacuuming going on upstairs. My my landlord's <laughs> housekeeper is here. Um, so this game uh, began as a port of Resident Evil 2 for the Saturn, uh, and the the porting process failed for that. So they're like, well, let's actually just make a sequel. Yeah. How weird is it that they were able to port Resident Evil 2 to the N64, but not the Saturn? <laughs> They, they they supported uh, ported it to the game.com. <laughs> so it's yeah, but the Saturn uh, Saturn couldn't handle it. What a, what a weird system. I'm, I'm, Saturn's got to have its like weird stringent defenders out there too. I'm sure, yeah, for for psycho mysterious psycho reasons. But like, yeah, yeah the Saturn's pretty rough. Yeah. Um, there's like fun games we had on it, but like, man, yeah, Saturn's hard. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So when that failed, you know, they, they they started making a sequel. Um. Like we said, it was originally going to star Jill Valentine. Uh, but there's an anecdote that, um, oh gosh, what's the name of the company that, uh, does the RE storyline? Capcom, Cole. <laughs> I know okay. that, but it's, <laughs> it's like, it's like Factory or something like that, that, yeah. uh, the, it's, it, they outsource some of the narrative stuff. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah. they put a line at the end of RE2 about how Chris and Claire, um, you know, got together to wage a war on Umbrella. It's like, well, we kind of wrote, we, we wrote ourselves into a quarter. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, and, and for his credit, like that does sound badass. Like the idea of, that is the place for the story to go is the characters being proactive. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, originally, this was the part of our character was going to be Leon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all love Leon. Uh, instead of this character named Steve, who we're going to talk about at length. <laughs> but uh, but it was it was somehow necessary for the partner character to die, and Capcom didn't want to kill Leon, mm-hmm. which I like, thank God. Yeah. Cool. Real quick, I know we're, we're, we had to move quickly in this episode because it's a, we're covering a big game. Uh-huh. Um, I know you don't follow Twitter. Um on Amazon, I bought two pillowcases that have uh, a scene from Resident Evil 4 on them. Okay. Uh, that are very funny. And I didn't, they're just pillowcases. You know, they're not body pillows. They're not like a big hung shot. It's him like, you know, in the foreground with a bunch of zombies and stuff in the background. You know, and I was like, this is hilarious. I love Leon Kennedy. This is pretty cheap. I'm going to get these pillows because I think it's really funny. The entire internet is like, man, you're going to fuck those pillows. <laughs> and I'm not going to, I'm not going to fuck the pillows. I just think it's funny to have Leon Kennedy on my pillowcase. Like you might have like a Star War or a, you know, a Ninja Turtle on there. Yeah. You know, um, he's just my favorite guy. Like he's one of, he's up there, you know? Okay. Yeah. But, so, I mean, I, I don't think that is a, I do not think that is a case of, of people actually thinking you're going to fuck it. No, I know. They're I, just I, making the same joke. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just making the, 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 the easiest possible joke, possibly with some irony because of how much shit we give anime in general. Yeah. So, you know? like, it, it's weird to fuck, like, you know, Cardcaptor Sakura or whatever the, the lady that anime guys want to fuck. But it is uh, – it's okay to want to fuck Leon Kennedy from Resident Evil 4. Right. That, you know, I, th- I think that's what if, – if, if anybody's serious, that's, that, that's what they're calling you out on. I think it's funny just because I can't imagine – It's like, can you it, imagine – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring girls home to this bed. Yeah. Like, can you imagine <laughs> – I mean, and they are going to see a beefy man with a gun, you know. Yeah, it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm going to avoid getting some in favor of the shtick. Yeah. No, it's so, it's definitely yeah. – it's it's a little bit – you know, if she, if she runs away, it was meant, it wasn't meant to be. Um, totally. But what if she, what if what if she's like, oh yeah, well, it, it, yeah, like, that's you know, fine. Don't say, man, like just, <laughs> it is the ultimate litmus. Um, but, I just looking at this, doing a search for a Resident Evil pillowcase on Amazon. You have a lot of options that you know can appear to be uh, agnostic of any sexual implication. Like, oh, here's one with a with a bloody umbrella logo. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, 
So what I was looking for, uh, I was thinking about it last night at Amazon. I was doing like, you know, just brow- internet browsing for things I'm probably not going to buy. Because I bought, uh, they put out that Bloodborne Hunter. There's a pre-order for the Bloodborne Hunter. Yes. From Play Arts, which I, which I bought. Because it's an expensive action figure, but it looks fucking badass. And I've always wanted Dark Souls action figures. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, you know what? Like, it would be nice to get like a little assemblage of my favorite video game characters. Like, I no longer <laughs> collect toys, really. But like, I have a good like little Play Arts link. Uh, and he's the link from Link Between Worlds, so he looks like classic Link. Oh, nice. Um, it's a really great little toy, and I was like, mm-hmm. it'd be great to get everybody. You know, they never made a J.C. Denton, but, like, they did make a Leon Kennedy, and I was looking those up. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are all too expensive. But then it's just, like, Amazon's like, hey, do you want this pillowcase? And I'm like, yes. You know, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, like, this is $8 shipped that for two of them. That's that's below my novelty purchase price. If I had found this in a thrift store, I would have, you know, I would have just turned into a cartoon cloud of dust rushing to the cash register. You know, so like, yes, yes, I do Amazon. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was just like, and everyone's like, man, you're going to, haha, you're going to fuck that thing. And I didn't even think about it. I was just like, how hilarious is it to come into a room and have like, because it's, it's such a promotional shot. Like it's like the cover of the, you know, of one of the ports of the game. Like it yeah, doesn't, it's, it looks like you know? art that would be used for a standee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, it's not a full body thing. The one that I got. So like, even if I wanted to fuck this pillowcase and you'd, you'd think, so I'd never fucked a pillowcase, but right. I presume like if. So see, tell me if your your assumption checks out with this. Like, if you're fucking a body pillow, right? I, I, the, see, uh, I don't think that you fuck a body pillow. I think that there might be some fraudage that happens on it, but I think that it is it is more about it, it is more about the presence, companionship. Like you it, hug it and then you masturbate next to it. Right, right. You know, so you just you know, some sometimes you grind and that's and, and and that's the thing. I don't think anybody's actually actually using it for fuck friction. You know. I thought, I thought, I assumed, so, like, right in, actually, by no means. Oh, no. Right no. But no, no, I just, I wish I hadn't uh, even made the joke. I will call your ISP and make sure you can never download one of our shows again. <laughs> yeah, like, banned. Um, but, like, if, I assume that you, like, you rubbed up against it. Okay. With, with your browser front. And I was thinking, like, you'd, you'd roughly want to correlate where your genitals were with where the fictional character's genitals were. Right. But it's not even a thing. These are not body pillows. They're just head pillows. It cuts off at Leon's, like, you know, belly button. Yeah. You know, I, like, I, if I was going to get off on fucking Leon Kennedy, it's not going to be on fucking his belly button, man. Mm, I mean, you know? don't yuck One, somebody's yuck. Yeah, like, he, <laughs> he, he has the, the slack eyed look of an Audi to me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, belly button phrenology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know, but I, I just thought I think that pillowcase is funny and, and it's, it, 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 it's quite funny. I would advise you against protesting too much. It would be. Oh, yeah. You know, my, you know, like this is, this is me speaking as a friend, you know, take, take, take it or leave it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit more fascinated with this notion of, you know, I'm just going down page after page after page. There apparently is one single company on, on, on Twitter and a lot of people who are, um, following them, um, that are just, they just have a template, um, for like a Photoshop overlay. Uh, you know, like where they take screenshots or promotional art from games, they print them onto, uh, uh, onto that and then, and then sell it. Like there are so many of these and they're all sub $10. It's all Resident Evil stuff. Page nine, page 10, page 13. A lot of repeats. Wow. Um, it's very strange, Gary. Mm. I've got to tell you. That's very, very weird. Yeah. I just, I, I also, you know, I realize people are, are making jokes. I guess the, the thing that was noteworthy to me was it didn't even occur to me. <laughs> like I was just, I was just like, Oh, this is a funny pillowcase. And then like I walked right into that. No, it's, it's, it's perfect. You know, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you take a shot, you know? 
Yeah, it's yeah, uh, you know, there, there, there's no uh, there, I don't think there's any shame in it. Oh, yeah. And and again, like, I know that it's just for this funny joke, <laughs> right? you know, and then uh, it's a funny joke. Look at this pillow. Look, I'm getting another one. Look, oh, it's a part of my budget now. Oh, no, there's too many. I've got to like, can I get rid of my fridge? I need room for more pillows. It's a fun joke, guys. Oh, man. Like if I if if I just had like a room full of Resident Evil pillows mm-hmm. like that, that's the kind of layer. Yeah, I've talked a lot about having the superpower to, like, create save states in life. Yeah. Um, making that life and then having, like, you know, inviting a lady over and just having my, like, gallery of <laughs> Resident Evil pillows from all, uh, you know, <laughs> covering every surface, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I would be so down with seeing how that played out. Um, Write your fan fiction now. Don't. Again, I will ban you. I will call you. Again, when I say it's funny, it's it's just because I think it's weird. I don't. don't, God damn it. The sexualization of the internet is killing me. It's killing me. It's killing, like, just things being able to just be weird without being bonery. The the, the one man who wants to keep his dick dry. Yeah. No, I don't. I just don't want it to be online. I don't want to get, I don't want to log on to Wetscape Navigator. And then, uh, then give my log into my SprayPal account, and then escape <laughs> <laughs> navigator. Uh. <laughs> anyway, uh, I have so, those pillowcases coming, and they're yeah, just for my head. Yeah, but post picture because I want to see. I want to see what the print quality is. Also, oh, yeah. it, I assure you, it's not going to be comfortable. Oh no, yeah. no, no! I'm not getting rid of my old ones. I think they might end up becoming couch pillow cases. Okay. Uh, right, yeah, you know, yeah. just for guests. I, I think you should be prepared for the eventuality that you wake up and the ink has transferred onto your face. Oh, and man, if I that... sleep, like face to face with Leon, it becomes like a face tattoo. <laughs> you super power that's superimposed onto mine. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Was it something I said? You know, is what I say when I get up. Like, <laughs> kept you waiting, huh? Oh, different, different, yeah, no, different uh, gruffle. Protagonists. Yeah. Um, so one thing that might explain. Can, can we move on? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> By no means. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> one thing that might explain some of this slop, and who knows, because development is somewhat opaque on a lot of these. Um, but one thing that might explain the ways this falls short is because Capcom was splitting their resources between a lot of projects in RE at the time. So they were developing Resident Evil Three and Code Veronica at the same time. They were developing. As we said last week, the game that would eventually become Devil May Cry, which which also started as a uh, Resident Evil project, um, it was you know just this thing that resulted in a lot of Code Veronica's development being you know kind of outsourced and having you know people like Shinji Mikami you know going from project to project. Yeah, we talked we talked about this a lot in the last episode. Yeah, so you can hear a little bit more detail, but that uh, that definitely could be what's going on. Yeah. So a good a good source of this uh, was actually outsourced. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's why it's kind of sloppy, uh, but that didn't stop it from being a huge hit. Um, and also being re-released and re-released and ported and ported. Yeah. Um, the kind of most significant re-release was Code Veronica X. Um, originally that came out on the Dreamcast in Japan, so they double dipped, but, uh, it came out in the States on the PS2, which was a lot of people's kind of first chance to get it because, you know, maybe they didn't have Dreamcast. Yeah. That was a, Uh, that was a business decision primarily. Um, yeah. so that they could get a bigger install base because by the time Code Veronica came out, the writing was on the wall for the Dreamcast. For the, for the Dreamcast, yeah. yeah. Um, and this update's really significant. It's not just a graphical update or anything. Um, this adds a lot of cutscenes, um, kind of just like Inception's Wesker into the story, <laughs> um, you know, in a real serious way. Like, adds all these cutscenes with Wesker. And, uh, the collector's edition was shipped with a DVD called Wesker's Report. Mm-hmm. 
um, which is a retelling of the Resident Evil mythos so far from Wesker's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some kind of like inconsistencies and such with this, but you can watch it on YouTube. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, if you are a Resident Evil lore hound, um, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, they also changed, uh, the character, this character, Steve, as we mentioned, to make him look a little bit less, less like Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. Um, and he still looks like Leonardo DiCaprio, but he looks less like Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. And he, he still looks quite a bit like Leon. It's, it's, it's yeah. a oh, little, yeah. little confusing. Yeah. Um, like he's like Le- yeah, Leon Nardo DiCaprio. Like, <laughs> It is a, a capital N in the middle there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I forget what I was going to, oh. what I was going to say about the Code Veronica X re-release shit. Um, I was really excited when it came out. Mm-hmm. This is a game I double dipped on. I bought the Dreamcast version and then bought Code Veronica X when it came out on PS2. Yeah. And you had that sweet, sweet Wesker. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's, um, you know, now I now I remember that Wesker's report was kind of the primary document for a lot of the Resident Evil lore at the time. Um, yeah. It was for, for 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 a while until some of the stuff was retconned and you know brought into main portions of the uh, you know of of, of the canon. Um, you know, if you read stuff like that uh, plot guide that we always reference on mm-hmm. on Game Facts, that is the primary citation that we get for uh, some of the connective tissue between the different games. Yeah, even though it does have. Um... Some inconsistencies and, and the like. Right, right. So, and, uh, President Evil, you know, this is one of the superheroes of the internet, uh, points out all those inconsistencies and such in detail. Yes. Um, but yeah, we'll talk like, you know, the, we're talking about the Code Veronica, Code Veronica X version of the game. Like, unless you get an original copy of the unmodified version on Dreamcast, like that version is just kind of lost. You know, they decided to bring yeah. it forward with, uh, the Wesker stuff and the weird, uh, the weird Matrix style action and things like that. Um, you know, and that's just because, yeah, they, that's what they decided would be canonical. Um, yeah. weird little side story here. Capcom got really spicy with the, uh, special edition versions of the game, uh, including putting out bundles of like special colored dreamcasts. Like I really missed that, that time when it was par for the course for console manufacturers, just like put out multiple different colored versions of their stuff. Like you mm. get that a little bit, but like nothing on the level of just, the GameCube coming out in this whole rainbow of colors or the, uh, yeah. the you know, the, the Game Boy Color or stuff like that. Uh, they had a cool one that was like the stars version. It was dark blue and transparent. Uh, they had something that was kind of regrettable though, because they released the Claire edition and you would think, Oh, so it's got like biker regalia on it. It's like dark red. It's, you know, no, it's pink. Um, yeah. it's a pink dreamcast. It's got pink controllers. Hmm. Even even though like I that is regrettable the way it's branded I would love a pink Dreamcast. Oh, though. absolutely, yeah. Like I I love my 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 super pink glittery Hannah Montana PSP uh, <laughs> that I have. Like it's like way better than you know a normal PSP. Yep. I I love those editions, but I always get a little bit disappointed because one Japan always gets better ones than we do, mm-hmm. uh, even when they come to the states. And two, a lot of times you're making a trade off between like getting the system when you want, you know, or getting that collector's edition. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. So like, and once you buy the system, like you bought the system. Right, right. So, so I remember like have bought, you know, have it in you to buy another version of a thing you already have. Yeah. Buying a second copy of a GameCube, which is you know ridiculous. I remember when the, those cool colored GameCubes came out, I was like, man, that, that's aesthetically very pleasing. Yeah. But like that, uh, I own a GameCube. That kind of smoky orange color Dreamcast. Yeah. yeah that thing was great. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I, I love that shit. And it's really great for like collectors now because like the price, if you, if you, if you want to not collectors, but if you want to, uh, get an old system like the price difference between those is not always tons mm-hmm. you know like you can get like a a weird colored gamecube now it's a little bit more expensive than a regular one but not so much that yeah you know, I, th- break I, th- I think i said orange dreamcast i meant orange gamecube 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, yeah <laughs> the um, yeah, and they, they they I love those um those fucking uh powder kind of pastel uh 3ds's they came out mm-hmm. in Japan. Those are very nice, and I never got one of those, so yeah. I managed to not get a black or white 3ds, and that's you know I have to be happy with that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this game was very well received uh, at the time, as as we mentioned, sold a lot uh, mm-hmm. and sold well across every version. Like yes. even the Dreamcast version sold really well. Like this is, uh, you know, I don't know where it stands in the series, but it is one of the most, you know, best selling Resident Evils. Absolutely up there. Yeah. Um, um, they reviewed really well too. I mean, that's uh, that, that that's part of the reception. It is still looked at very kindly, um, and you're just gonna have to be prepared for us to to to, to cross about this because you know uh, I, I'm kind I'm kind of happy that. It doesn't hold up for you, Gary, because it was a uh, harsh, it was harsh for me yeah. last year when I came to it. And I'm like, oh, this is not as good as I remembered. Like, I love the story stuff of this. I love how weird it is, but the play is just slipshod. Yeah, it's, it's real sloppy. Like, it doesn't mean there's no pleasure to be had. Uh-huh. Um, but I think a lot of people, uh, would have that experience as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if they loved it in the time and kind of came back to it, you know, like reviewers now are playing it and they're like, oh, this is, you know, this looks real good. And, and feels good and everything like that. But I don't know if they have the same experience of like this being quite the kind of monumental sea change when it first came out and then playing it in the context of the series and then seeing how it kind of falls down. Yeah. You know, um, but you know, that's, that's part of the, uh, the conceit of the show. Mm-hmm. Not everything stands up. So, and if this whole month had just been like gush month, you know, yeah. that might've got a little tiresome too. Yeah. So glad there's, there's a, there's a little bummer in the middle, uh, even yeah. though there are tons of cool things we're going to talk about. Absolutely. Not just story-wise, too. There are cool play things as well, mm-hmm. um, which we'll, we'll touch on. Um, so the opening, uh, this game opens up. Uh, there is an opening crawl that is kind of a brief summary of what happens in Resident Evil 2. Um, this takes place three months later, and uh, immediately, <laughs> like, the action is sent to 10. Like, this this is, I talked about this in Resident Evil 3, but the Resident Evil 3 Code Veronica is the fulcrum on which, like, Resident Evil is kind of grounded. <laughs> stories about viruses to being absolutely cuckoo bananas bonkers bullshit. Yep. Like this is where it happened. So if you are here for that, here it is. Yeah. Um so I'm trying to think back. Three months ago we were talking about Metal Gear Solid 2. I cannot envision a single reality in which I would be ready to take down a helicopter three months after that. Three months is not a long time <laughs> yeah. for Claire to turn into what she, you know, what we see in this opening, in this opening cutscene, where she is like assaulting this, the, this, uh, I believe it's in France, this European headquarters for yeah. Umbrella, you know, being chased down hallways. Yeah, and keep in mind, like Claire is not Jill. Like Claire is not a stars, no, you know, wonderkin. Like Claire was a, a student mm-hmm. and a motorcycle enthusiast. Yep. Uh, up until three months ago. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, using using her skill that she get from reading Roadhog magazine, um, <laughs> she's literally, you know, doing uh, running through this hallway, running away from guys with machine guns. Um, the implication is that there was a whole game here that just went wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, um, crazy. Like, you know, she gets to the end of this hallway. A helicopter has come up. They've dispatched the chopper to shoot their own building <laughs> in order to kill this biking enthusiast and student. Um, you know, she runs back, the, the helicopter just mows down a bunch of guards. Like it is so over the top. Mm-hmm. She, um, she pulls the old trick where, you know, like, Hey, drop your gun, drop your gun. She drops it and then catches it and shoots a like a, like a oil tank, a red barrel. Yeah. yeah. Like a, you know, a red barrel in this thing. It is, it is so contrary to the tone of anything that has happened in a resident evil. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, lit- almost, point. it's almost literally the opening of golden eye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Very like very golden eye or very, you know, 
just like uh, Mission Impossible, <laughs> uh, you know, thing gone wrong. But the the big thing is she gets captured. Uh, the security guard does the thing where he, he slams the butt of his machine gun into the camera. Mm-hmm. And uh, she wakes up in a, in a cell, um, and uh, that, that same kind of guard has let her out of the cell. Yes. Here. Uh, and that's where we start in the prison. Yeah, he's uh, he's got wounded, um, obviously sick, you know, in, in, in a bad way. And essentially just says, you know, there's really no hope. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to force you to die in that cell. You can go out on the island, but uh, die there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this yeah, is Rodrigo. The, the the idea of starving to death in a in a prison cell is terrifying. Just read the statement. Oh yeah, that's pretty pretty bad. Um, <laughs> uh, and see also, uh, oh gosh, you have to turn on your lighter to see him. You have your knife here at this point. He throws an empty bottle of medicine across the room, just kind of setting up like, oh, you you do have the ability uh, to save him. Um, if you're able yeah. to, you know, survive this island. So this is called a prison, but it's more of like a galley for the, for the military, uh, facility. There are three cells. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is mostly, I mean, the whole area is kind of considered the prison, but it's really not. Right. So much that, I mean, there's like this, uh, it's part of this military facility. Um, as you mentioned, this, Rod- this is Rodrigo and you, you know, you have the medicine. I think you actually have to pick up the knife. I don't think you start with the knife. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you're here, though, uh, and, he, you know, you can save him. This lighter thing, you know, you, they didn't take your lighter away, and that actually uh, kind of shows off some of this dynamic lighting mm-hmm. stuff. You know, like, that's kind of the purpose here. And it actually ends up being pretty useful. Yeah, yeah. In this game, in a weird way, like, it acts kind of like as a flashlight and has a couple of utility uses mm-hmm. uh, to it. And weirdly enough, like, you have to, you know, get rid of it. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, so the knife is is extremely good. Um, you take the knife, you head out into this uh, this graveyard. <laughs> That they, they make the soldiers walk through on the way to the galley, which is right. grim, uh, past a truck that explodes. And uh, when the truck explodes, it uh, wakes up a bunch of zombies underground. Yeah, um, that doesn't seem right. So th- this shows up a lot in, like, and, and backs and stuff. And like the, the two things that our buddy President Evil says that I'm pretty on, on board with is, uh, one, this is here because it's an homage. Like there is uh, a specifically a uh, Return of the Living Dead. Uh, kind of th- scene that's very similar to, uh, you know, these, these, you know, skinless zombies coming out of the graves, mm-hmm. uh, like this. And the idea is that it's raining. So whatever the virus is, is getting, you know, it's permeating the soil because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. And hitting the recently dead, which is, again, that's not really how the virus works. It has to hit living things, but like, right, right. Maybe they, you know, some people turned and they got buried, mm-hmm. uh, you know, before while they were like, they got knocked out or something like that or. Yeah. Who knows? They weren't totally dead. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to raise a huge fuss about it. Like the, and on the level of, you know, virus weirdness, it is nowhere near like what we had in RE2 where they couldn't decide if it was airborne or not or carried yeah. by rats. Um, or like the fog of virus that you get in, uh, in RE6, you know, yeah. like they just, it does whatever the plot needs it to. Um, it yeah. achieves a cool effect. Like this is a, this is a cool and panic inducing scene because you end up kind of being cornered. Um, in this, uh, in, in this graveyard and you end up having to use your knife to get out. And again, that's them, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, they're saying, Hey, try the knife. I know it sucked before, but like, maybe it's good now under new ownership. Right. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, the big thing here though, is when the truck explodes, a briefcase slides out of the truck cab, mm-hmm. which we'll have to come back for later when it's not on fire. Yeah. Um, you pass through this, um, you get to this, uh, this courtyard and you see that there are uh, people here as you you had. This is very cutscene heavy in the very beginning of this. Yeah. Um, a spotlight uh, freezes you, you know, uh, grabs you and somebody opens fire. Um, you return fire and we meet our character, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Childish Canadian Steve. 
Yeah, Steve. I have real mixed feelings on Steve. Um, <laughs> well, Steve, it's it's right that you have mixed feelings on him because he his portrayal is incredibly inconsistent. Yeah. Um, he gets less childish as it goes as the game goes on. Like there's a there's a very hard break when you get when you get to Antarctica, right? In yeah. his in, in in his in his characterization here, though. Um, he is the, 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 the lecherous character. He's the Carlos. He's the Luis. Relax, yeah. beautiful. I said I was sorry. Ladies <laughs> love my Canadian accent. Yeah. Um, the, I don't mind with him having that, that character change because like there's a, there's an event, right? That like grows yep. him up and, mm-hmm. we, and we see it. It's the fact that he's so flippant right now. Like it's not, <laughs> a, it's not a, a, a factor that he moves from A to B. It's where he's at with A. Mm-hmm. That seems so stupid yeah. to me. Like, yeah, like, dog, you're in this situation still, you know, like all the, all, you know, the dead are coming back to life. Like, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe cool a little bit with this, like, I like something automatic, click, 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 you know, like <laughs> maybe, maybe let's not do that. Right. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a, he's a real horny teen. Yeah. Um, and, and he's trying to get off the island. He's looking for an airport and, uh, and Claire sensibly, you know, immediately like really maternal <laughs> towards him, which is, is really funny. Like, you know, uh, just, you know, now, we, we now. should live together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, she literally says stuff like that. Like, yeah. you know, calm down, little guy, you know, uh, and he, you know, he's like, we should work together. Claire says, I don't, you know, or he says, I don't want you slowing me down. He takes off. But luckily, one of the zombies nearby, a gun falls out of his pocket. Yes. Uh, so you're all gunned up. Yep. You got your gun. Um, that's a good gun. Powerful gun. Um, the thing about Steve, before we get beyond his introduction, yeah, my two strong guns. <laughs> I love my curvy gun. Anyway, about Steve is that um, they, they 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 set him up to be you know this kind of son figure to Claire, but also he's the love interest, and the apparent maturity differences between the two of them. Like if I look at Steve, it's hard to believe that he would be a day over 16 and he acts like he's 14. Claire, who was fighting a chopper single-handedly and survived a city dying, um, seems like she should be matured out of like kissing the dude. And yeah. Yeah. Trying to, trying to get that jail bait. Right. You know, um, you know, yeah. and I'm not saying, you know, an, an older woman can't get it on with a younger man. That is that that, that is fine and good. Um, it just it, it seems strange and out of place. Yeah, I um, I don't. Uh, and it's weird how it, you know, like you said, it is it is inconsistently portrayed, mm-hmm. whether it's maternal or love interest or some kind of weird combination of both. Um, and, and it doesn't really make sense here. Mm-hmm. And this really feels like a holdover from it being Leon. Yeah, you know. Like, if this was Leon, it's like, you know, hey, uh, we've been through a lot. Yeah. You know, together, like, uh, you know, hey, at some point, you know, who else is, who else will have us? Right. You know, like, let's, <laughs> right. um, but yeah, it doesn't really work with, 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 uh, Steve. Right. Um, we kind of continue forward. There's a bunkhouse here, um, that is full of zombies. And, uh, you know, we kill the zombies and we mostly learn, uh, you know, What's going on? There's a there's a journal from a prisoner that says this place is uh, far south of the equator. That's really all we know mm-hmm. about where it's at. And uh, one of the prison prisoners here who was sent there by Alfred uh, for making a mistake. So you get the sense that there's this tyrant here, and when you make tiny mistakes, you get sent to this uh this bunkhouse, yeah, or sent to the you know sent to the prison rather mm-hmm. uh for 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 you know torture and terror and and badness experimentation. Yeah, yes. Uh, the prisoners are eventually sent uh, to this building behind the guillotine, and they never come back. Right. So. 
So it's spooky. This is like really crowded. Um, yeah. and you get a sense of how these people lived not well. Um, and like when you go back and grab a piece of ammo, I believe, uh, like zombies break in, like even more. Yeah. Of them. Um, you know, just so many cramped tight corners when this engine would be a little bit better with more open spaces. Um, before this too, there's also a, uh, a little weird little bit of foreshadowing as you head to this bunk house where a corpse is hanging out under in the crawl space under it and gets dragged under it. Yeah. As well, which is foreshadowing for, uh, this, this like optional boss encounter we're going to get to in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least that's how I read it, because I don't know what else could have done that. Um, but it's pretty, it's like kind of spooky. You know, like this is, I think this is probably the least scary Resident Evil game mm-hmm. out of the, you know, the mainline ones are meant to be scary, but yeah. there's some, there's some good tension building, mm-hmm. uh, in here, you know, to be found. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you pick up some M100P dual submachine guns. I don't know why I felt the need to be that specific, but it's in the notes. <laughs> um, these are cool because you can actually, um, target two different, uh, uh enemies at once. Yeah. And pressing your target button will like shift around and split up the fire. Yeah. Um, I had a problem where I would continuously, uh, there'd be one enemy and I would aim into the air and at the enemy. Yeah. Like I would still do the Y shaped thing, even though there was only one enemy there. Yeah. It was bad about aiming at enemies you could actually hit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that is, that is a function of this being kind of in 3D. I think that ends up being you know, kind of a problem with a, with a couple different things. And we'll talk about more when we get to the bow gun. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they're, uh, just that kind of the, 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 the relation between you and the enemies and you and, and your weapons has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and having a projectile weapon, uh, as we mentioned, you know, other than the grenade launcher, which is, which operates largely the same, um, is very different right. in this game. So yeah. yeah, it's a weird thing where I'd come into a room and just shoot at nothing <laughs> and then also shoot at a guy. Right. Um, as when you leave, uh, dogs come out from underneath the building. We talked about it last episode. Like, I'm never that into killing dogs in Resident Evil games. No. Not necessarily for heart reasons, but also they're annoying to fight. Right. Uh, they're, they're very limited in this game as well. Like, they only yeah. pop up in a couple of places. So that's, so that's good. That's and merciful. you even get like a shortcut that gets you past most of them yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you get to this room with this, uh, metal detecting hallway. <laughs> I think this long curving hallway, and this is so fucking fiddly. Like this yep, is the this... first like kind of major puzzle you, you know you're doing. Yeah. In this game, this is super fiddly. Yeah, this gives me fits. Uh, even yeah. still today, <laughs> not just because not just because you are, you know, you're bound to leave something here that's going to be really important if you want um the most powerful weapon in the game, um, mm-hmm. but also because like it's a little bit of a gotcha. Like ah ah ah, you forgot to put your lighter in, didn't you? Oh, you didn't realize that first aid spray was metal. Yeah. Yeah. It is, uh, it's, it's, you have to deal, it's very similar to that, like, uh, clock puzzle we talked about, where, like, you have, anytime you're doing something like this where you're interfacing with Resident Evil's inner, uh, uh, uh inventory mm-hmm. and trying to solve a puzzle, it's a real bummer. Yeah. You know, like, it, you're just constantly going into your menu, clicking and stuff like that. When, when you go through and the metal detector goes off, it kind of, like, you watch this slow animation for it to, to close. And then uh, slow animation for it to open when you go back in, like mm-hmm. it's a bummer. Yeah, um, but the idea oh. is that you know you're you're leaving this stuff here to get to this control room beyond it, and what you end up having to do is find a way to manufacture, um, you know, the key out uh, out of a special alloy that doesn't trip the uh, that doesn't trip them. Yes, you end up reading a lot of documents about this special metal is non-metal metal, right? And I was like, boy, this is sure, certainly going to come up in the end, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> nope. Like some, like it's like somebody read a, a like a, a popular science article 
Right. Who's one of the writers of the game. It's just like, that is the coolest fucking thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And I have to include some, some 3D printed. Think of the applications for air travel. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you'd imagine that's going to be like a John Grisham novel or something where somebody <laughs> sneaks a non-metallic gun onto a plane. Or, well, or I mean, it's basically in the line of fire. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like, a, a you know, or, or the, the gun that shoots teeth from Exodens, <laughs> but also this cafe. Uh, yeah, or a video drone where the gun is your hand. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, some kind of Cronenberg and or Gresham, the Cronenberg Gresham axis. Uh, but it's, uh, uh, it's not. No. It's just for this one little puzzle that you spend a lot of time in text on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you meet Steve in the control room and he's poking around. Um, and somehow they are so insecure that they have, they, like, he can just find that Chris Redfield is being observed by Umbrella. Um, and he, like, kind of jokingly says, like, haha, maybe you can have him come help us. And he says that not knowing who and what Chris is. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, have you seen Chris? Yeah. He's been pumping iron. Like, he's, he is going to help us. He's got arms made of legs. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, and then, and then, uh, Claire's like, yeah, that's my brother or something like that. And then Chris, in the first of his, like, huge whiny outbursts, Steve. Or not Chris, uh, Steve. Uh, huge whiny, whiny outbursts. Like, you'll just end up being disappointed if you rely on others. Believe me. I know. And then like runs away. It's <laughs> like, uh, like crying because he was, he was rejected for the prom. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say like everything. whenever Steve does like that, does that it seems like he's writing into YM magazine. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's the, I was so mortified yep. thing, you know, and just tying his sweater around his waist so nobody can see that he got his period on the <laughs> basketball court or whatever, uh, which is 90% of those letters. Right. Um, and, and just, you know, runs out and then Claire's just like, what was that about? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Why do you keep hanging out with this kid? <laughs> Stop trying to fuck or like leave him to the wolves. Come on, man. Yeah. Is it? We don't. We don't often see games where like a lady is being lecherous to a young young boy. Not saying like I'm not trying to do that. Like man, I wish my teacher seduced me. Bullshit. Like, right. You know, right. You, you don't fuck children. Mm-hmm. Um. But the the uh, we just don't see it. It's not portrayed in in media very often. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, she tolerates him for now. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, we'll solve that mystery later. Uh, when you unlock the shutters and, you know, get, get outside, uh, you'll have some more zombies that flood out. You can actually, um, shoot this, what appears to be like a kerosene heater, um, mm-hmm. to, 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 to blow some people up. The, they're not nearly as generous with those as Resident Evil 3 is. So, you know, the crowd control benefits are yeah. marginal, right? Are limited, but you know, it's still worth doing. Um, you grab a fire extinguisher here. Um, using the extinguisher, you go back to that helicopter. Uh, put Go out the, fire. the truck. That... Or the, the truck, yeah, thank you. Um, and put out the fire. Uh, you get the briefcase, which here's a thing that maybe you don't realize right away. You can open. It's not locked. Mm-hmm. Um, I This, for some reason, you know, this playthrough, like, took me a while to figure out. Yeah. I kept looking for the key to it because it makes sense that it would be locked. Uh, it's not. They go back to the model from Resident Evil 1 where you have to, like, rotate the item in 3D, rotate the 3D yeah. model, and face the thing you're interacting with so you can open it up. Yep, yep. Uh, when you do, there's that special alloy that that one writer really liked. <laughs> um, and you, uh, you can do that. You can take this hawk emblem, which previously we had picked up, but we couldn't take out of the metal detecting hallway. Yeah. Now we can make a copy of it. Uh, is the big thing with this like weird little 3D printing sequence. Yep. And we can get, we can get the fox, the corn, and the chicken to the other side of the river. Yes. Yeah. Finally, we can, uh, we can, we can do it. Yep. Frustratingly, and, there's uh, also a bunch of grenade ammunition on the other side of the metal detector. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just yeah. to kind of like, like tempting you. 
Yeah, you'll be able to come back here. There's a there's a one way door that's in the uh, the computer room where where Steve Googled Chris, but mm-hmm. the uh, well, so we'll come back here eventually. Yeah. Um, um, when you get out of the prison, you know you realize that something is wrong. The uh, you know, the, the 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 virus is out, and that sucks. Um, you <laughs> you also see that there's been a fair amount of destruction. What's actually happened is that there's been like an air raid on the facility yeah. itself. Um, yep. You know, that one's mostly on fire. Uh, and most of the zombies here are like construction workers, just kind of regular blue collar guys. They are yep. <laughs> the real, the real blue guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, just kind of walking around. So, like, hey, this this place is in a, a state of uh, disaster. You know, um, you pick up something called the Navy Proof, which feels like that wasn't you know shouldn't be the title for this little emblem. They just right. have you know too many emblems, uh, in here, and uh, you kind of head through. There's a little you know a little puzzle where you have to uh, push a a crate onto some fire to get on top of it. Um, you head on up to where there's this palace. Um, and that's kind of the most apparent path. It's not the only way you can go. Um, but you head in there um, and it is a kind of a resident evil mansion esque, you know, first floor, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of exits stairs that go up, you know, it, it's pretty classic. Yeah. You get your like, not safe room music, but you get your swell of, you know, main entry hall. Like, yeah. You're in a for this area. area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a bathroom that has tons of bats in it um, and some supplies you need. And those bats, um, this is where you get that alternate use for your lighter. If you hold your lighter out, bats will avoid you. Yeah. Because uh, they're, they're not like crows. Like they're not – I don't even know if they are shootable. But if they are, like it's a waste of your you, ammo. You, so can, uh, you can swipe them out of the air with your uh, with your knife. Ah, yeah. yeah. Uh, those things will nickel and dime your health like crazy. Like even, yeah, in, the, totally. even in the run to get the supplies, you'll, 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 be, in, you'll be in some trouble. And it's very frustrating that you have this very useful item in the lighter and that you have to actually – or you don't have to, but you can make a trade to give it up. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish that you just got to keep the lighter. Yeah. And you just – you know, you go save this guy's life and in exchange he'll give you a lockpick later. Like not one or the other because the lighter is very useful for that shit. Yeah, yeah. But only in a few in a few areas. Yeah, um, is for the, sure. Is the, is, is the but it doesn't take that. an inventory slot. Like it, yeah. it stays up. It's like a weird, you know, uh, a permanent item. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, up in the uh, up in the save room, you find this journal by Alfred's attendant. Remember Alfred, Alfred the tyrant here about how nobody goes to Alfred's private house um, and how he lives there with his twin sister Alexia. Um, but Alfred kind of gets enraged whenever anybody asks about her. Like nobody has actually seen her in quite some time, but they hear her singing by the window and laughing, and they see the silhouette. Yeah, and we we got here pretty quick in the episode, but uh, this is the first save room. You run into, and it, you do uh, spend a lot of time out and, you know, messing around in that guardhouse and going back and forth that fucking metal detector mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's amazing that you have to wait this long to get a save room. Yeah. Uh, the, ni- and, the nice part is that the game does have checkpointing. It doesn't just respawn you at the yeah. most recent. So, like, if you choose to retry, it'll put you near where you died. Uh, depending. Like, the checkpointing is pretty inconsistent, actually. Like, it, it will do that, but it's not, you know, the same screen or the screen before. Sometimes no. you can go quite a ways back. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's kind of a, a weird... I don't know, like hybrid mm-hmm. uh, kind of system, it feels like. Yeah. Um, so the back door uh, of the house is locked and has these slots for two guns. And, and we played Resident Evil before, so we know we need to find some things to slot in there. Yes. These um, two Lugers. Um, there's an ID card up here as well uh, that gives you the code for the security system, which gets you into the real, real hallway and Alfred's war room. You know, not where he planned actual skirmishes, but just where he keeps all of his military regalia. Yeah, and uh, of course, there's no fighting in the war room. Of um, the uh, yeah. yeah, it's a non-combat yeah. area. It's a puzzle room. Yeah, the uh, I, that was a Doctor Strange love. I know. Uh, okay, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was just being literal. Yeah, yeah. the the um, 
and and kind of obnoxiously, uh, there are tons of weapons on the walls here that you can't pick up. <laughs> right. I mean, there's nothing to implicate. You know, that these are fake mm-hmm. uh, weapons, but you don't get to do anything with them. Yeah, which maybe, is maybe the barrels were spiked. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so you get this, uh, you grab this golden butterfly uh, from the thing and you press a button under it and you get to see this little home movie that they'll kind of show. This is kind of a motif mm-hmm. movie um, of Alfred uh, with his sister um, tearing the wings off of a dragonfly and feeding the dragonfly to this hill of ants mm-hmm. while they, they look and they, they're being real creepy twins and they play this like queasy ding, music ding, box ding, music. Ding, ding, ding. Um, really good. Like this is like super spooky and weird. Yeah, and this is the and, leitmotif for the for the for the uh, game as well. Like yeah. this is a theme that is repeated all over the all, all over the place. And this is this is a kind of the moving into a kind of creepiness that Resident Evil hasn't done before. No, you know, like the creepy British twins is like new. Creepy British twins and um, some of the thickest incest overtones I've seen in a video game. Actually, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, the film cuts off right before they kiss. And I'm oh, not totally. saying that like, to be creepy, you know, they're, they are children, but that is, that is all but stated is, that's, is yeah, what's that's happening. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so pretty, you know, pretty spooky and weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the, I like this little bit quite a bit. And there's just something, you know, about feeding an insect to another insect that's like really creepy. <laughs> yeah. Um, um the, the, like the, the symbolism of that and the way it ends up being kind of a template for some of the stuff you do in the game is actually really cool and satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, you know, as as we'll as we'll get to, mm-hmm. um, this this whole thing about the ant queen and the worker, you know, and things like that. That does all like this game has more subtext with that stuff than other Resident Evils do. Yeah, you know, like what what's the what's the grand symbol of Nemesis? You know, other than I guess Nemesis, you <laughs> know, it's not stars. <laughs> stars. There's not really, you know, so it, it is messing with these kind of literary aspirations. Yes, I'm never going to call it high art, but it is neat to to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that back room, you grab these gold lugers. We know we need those. Uh, but the door locks uh, inside and uh, this heater starts you know, heating you up. <laughs> it seems um, really ill-advised to uh, make a heater your trap in the room where you keep your your munitions. Yeah, yeah. And and there's so there's this like computer console in there that uh, Claire like ignores uh-huh. almost entirely. Like there's no in- useful information. There's no way that can turn off the heater. Like. Mm-hmm. This, this, this like uh you know what this controls nothing this, this <laughs> monitor and keyboard um so you put them back you grab the steering wheel uh on the way out and uh as you're running away steve gets caught in the same trap because he <laughs> he loves guns uh so you uh you go let him out yeah by uh, doing one of the dumbest and simplest puzzles that's ever been in resident evil yeah it's like uh, be on the back of the menu at like <laughs> umbrella burger <laughs> which of these are two guns Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's a captcha. <laughs> like, you know, hit the, hit the spots that are not, you know, that are guns. Yeah. Yeah. Which of these are shop fronts? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and asshole, like, even though you just saved his life, he has the Lugers, but he, he won't give them to you, even though they, they, they're non-functional. Oh, they, they, know, they work. Like, you, you, oh, you, you, you're you, right. They actually yeah. do work. You can't use them, mm-hmm. but, but Steve can. Yeah. He uses um, up all the ammo by the time you get them. <laughs> that, that's what it is. I remember. Yeah. Um, but he uh, he's like, I'll trade them for something automatic. Yeah, setting up like it's a scavenger hunt. Like, yeah, <laughs> like and like dog, I need automatic <laughs> weapons as well. Like <laughs> it's like the first it's the first move of getting the bigger end sword. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's also it's frustrating too because he says like fully automatic, so you can't give him your shitty MP one hundreds. No, which no. at this point are like, I mean, I'm generally not there for things in Resident Evil games that have percentage based ammo. Right. Like, I, like they just, it's, you know, this will never refill and it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Although you do get clips for both of them later on. It's just hard to conserve them. Yeah. Yeah. I can. And I, they, they tend to take two slots. Yeah. Like a lot of times. So I, I, they're not my fave. Yeah. 
<laughs> so when you go to leave on, on your search for something fully automatic, um, Alfred fires at you with a sniper rifle. Um, Alfred is a terrible shot. Um, mm-hmm. people kind of always joke about that online. He has both the scope and a laser sight on this thing. Um, <laughs> which is funny because his whole, you know, his whole identity is wrapped up in being this, you know, noble soldier commander kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and you know, he is obviously unhinged. He's yelling at Claire about how she's the reason the base was attacked. She's the reason that, that the T virus was, you know, was, was let loose. Um, and Claire, you know, awesomely knows how to press his buttons. Like, oh, you must not be very important to be, you know, to be given control of this backwater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, you know, he, uh, and man, Alfred's accent and his voice, like, man. <laughs> Uh, but but he, his laugh, his giggle he, that he does, it's it's a uh, it's extremely over the top. It sounds like like they 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 made him by splicing some dolphin DNA. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I have a dolphin fuck Sonic, <laughs> um, or a, a Sonic. Uh, the uh, so, <laughs> and he says, you know, my what? You know, my grandfather was one of the founders of Umbrella, and you're just a rat in the cage. <laughs> <laughs> Despite all uh, your rage. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not, I've never actually shown an emotion in this game. Um, what do you mean by rage? Uh, so he, he runs away. Uh, that gun, the sniper rifle, there's a weird little bit of trivia. Uh, and I don't even know if it's intentional or, or what it is that I read online, but, um, it's the same model in, uh, Dawn of the Dead. There's a, uh, there's a gun in the, in the gun store in the old, in the old Dawn of the Dead they go to and there's a sniper rifle that's the same model as this one. Uh, and one of the characters, like the kind of person who'd have the bread to buy this, like would never know how to shoot it. Oh. Uh, and there are people who think that this is, you know, because the Resident Evil games do, re- uh, you know, references to the, of the dead games all the time. Right. Think that's the, that's why he's such a shitty shot and he has that model. Hmm. Cause he's the kind of person who could afford it and he'd never be able to shoot it. So he can't actually hit anything with that. That's pretty cool. I like so, that. Yeah. I'd, I'd be willing to believe that's intentional. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool Easter egg if that's, if that's actually the case. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that you have this, uh, the, the, the steering wheel, you could have gone here earlier, but you would have been, uh, stymied. You can actually get into the airport. Um, and you do this by activating uh, a submarine that takes you. Submarine to it. Like, how complicated and weird it, like, can you imagine living here? Like, I mean, I know that's a, that's a common Resident Evil thing, but like, right. we have to take the submarine on a short jaunt every time we want to go to another building. Yeah. You know, I've, yeah. I've, I've been on a decommissioned submarine, like, you know, oh, and, yeah. and even that is is just like oh, a notable thing. Like a submarine is an unusual <laughs> vessel, and to yeah. have it function effectively as a bridge is quite strange. It's very weird and and unnecessary to the extreme. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, why wouldn't this just be a door you open with that that wheel? All I can think is they wanted to continue the military theme, and also they needed a way to make one of your trips toward the end of this chapter um, one way. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But that's um, but the, but but that's all that I can I I can say. Um, so you get over uh to the airport and you end up getting your side pack, getting two more in- inventory spots. Um, big thumbs up for that, which is nice. Yeah, um, really necessary. Yeah, the airport's uh you know quite small. You have more zombies here. Uh, the bigger deal is you have this uh hangar where you can put your navy proof. Um, and there are two more slots here, so we know what our MacGuffins are going to be. Uh, the other yeah. thing we need to get here um, is to play a crane lift game to get the biohazard card, which will let us into the military training facility. Yeah. And again, you know, if you want to call this a puzzle, you could. And it's one of the simplest things in the world. Right. <laughs> like you, it's 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 up into the left and then you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's a pruder film. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, weirdly enough, it falls forward when you pick it up. <laughs> um, the, uh, so this brings us to this military training facility. And this is the bulk um, of the game, actually. Um, yeah. Takes place here. Yeah. Um, so as we're going through the, you know, we start seeing these earthquakes, uh, coming through and like, oh shit. Um, and this huge mutated worm burst out of the ground. Um, what is this thing called? Like it's got a gulper or something like like yeah I think, I think it's called gulper I'll I'll take a look as as we're talking it's something stupid like it's it's a goofy name um yeah. for it's the, not the, the grave digger I, I call it the grave digger in here because it's so similar to the one that we uh that we yeah. fought in three it's called it's called something silly but this is weird because this is a straight up optional boss fight mm-hmm. um you never have to fight this thing um actually like it seems like you know there's a place where you should fight him later but you definitely shouldn't fight him as Claire even though you can right uh, if you want to um you head into the facility. You go to this lab hallway and you get this uh, bow gun here uh, and read this note about this emergency release code that is printed on the back of a uh, the skeleton picture that's in this lab. You can only look through the window. Right. Um, but you can't quite see it. Um, we got to talk about the bow gun for a minute because I think this is like seems like it is cool, but it is. So it's an upgradable pistol, uh, essentially. Right. Like it's a little bit weaker, but it fires faster and you get more ammo for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the big thing for the bowgun is you get these explodey darts, right? You know, for it, um, it is a, a, a explicitly a projectile weapon in this game. So, yeah. like, but, and by of, that you mean the, the 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 projectiles move slowly as opposed to being hit scan like the bullets. Yes, yeah, so, you know, doom, uh, doom imps versus marines. Mm-hmm. Um, this makes this weapon really unsuited for a lot of things you need to fight mm-hmm. in this game. Um, you can't really lead targets. With uh, with Resident Evil's camera system, no, uh, at this point, and you can, uh, you just can't do it intentionally, really. Yeah, it, you know, it's it's very difficult to. Um, and I, uh, at some point, one of my reloading of a save because I used too many resources mm-hmm. is because I tried to kill a couple of dogs with these things. Oh yeah, no, uh, impossible. <laughs> like I, I like it's like I used like sixty darts trying to trying to kill two dogs. Yeah, it's it's incredible, like how ill-suited this is for a lot of things and it just doesn't do enough you know it, it doesn't do more damage than the pistol mm-hmm. it's a weird 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 item yeah um it fires very quickly when I, which actually makes it kind of okay for the uh for the bandersnatches which we're going to be yeah. introduced here um the biggest deal like we said is you can create these explosive uh these explosive bolts for it um and what that does is it gets around it's like having a grenade launcher, which can shoot entirely across a room and doesn't just hit something, you know, very short range in front of you. Uh, yeah. So it makes it specifically useful for one particular boss fight you're going to get to. Otherwise, it is just kind of a court of last resort for taking out some zombies that are in your way when you don't want to use up your pistol ammo. Yes. You know, and weirdly enough, it holds unlimited ammo. Mm-hmm. So you can you can stuff every single dart you have into it. Like this thing can be carrying around 100 darts and just take up one inventory slot. So I found myself like always wanting to have it with me because mm-hmm. it was a free bullets, you know, essentially, but just never being as useful as I wanted it to be and duplicating too much of the purpose of, of the pistol, mm-hmm. you know, so kind of a disappointment, even though it is like, you know, I think of it as like Claire's signature weapon yeah. in this game, you know, um, and the explosive darts are actually very useful. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, even the way those work is a little bit weird. It's kind of their their nod towards the crafting system in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's yeah, it's odd. Yeah, you have to mix the powder with uh, with with regular bolts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is hey, called you... the gulp worm, by the way. Okay, yeah, gulp worm. <laughs> um, on your way out, um, as you're heading out, this lab that we saw the skeleton picture in, 
um, this uh, something big crushes this researcher against the wind uh, researcher against the window. Yeah, and we can't really see him, but this causes these biohazard lockdown. Yeah, uh, this, this kind of a uh, uh, protocol or whatever, and you have to uh, run out. You have to escape before the time runs out. Yeah, you, and it's time so that you barely um, yeah make it out. Um, and this lab is completely locked away. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, we'll be going back here later. Mm-hmm. Um, another room that's open to you is uh, the locker room and the pool room, which has the most relaxed zombie in the game, uh, sauna zombie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's real loosey goosey. I get, I get, I get caught by sauna zombie a lot because you, you go into that little room and it's, it's the camera just goes to the ceiling, you know, and, and it's just really a closet, you know, <laughs> right. it's very easy for, for sauna zombie to grab you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You, man, that zombie would be very disgusting. Like his flesh would be very oh, slowing yeah. off. Yeah. Um, although it's a dry heat. Oh um, yeah. yeah. Uh, then you get a storage key in here, which gets you uh, gets you more ammo. It's just a it's a little preview of some stuff you have to do later. Um, you also get uh, locked by uh, locked into this uh, back hallway in the main room a little bit, uh, and leads you back into the fountain yard where Alfred is here again taking pot shots at you. Um, and he runs away as soon as you approach. Like he is not, uh, he is not so tough. No, no. Um, yeah, he is, uh, you just see, you see the telltale laser, mm-hmm. uh, there, um, head up into this, uh, the safe room on the second floor, which is, I think these are the only two safe rooms we get. Um, there's one in the basement, but I think that's not until Chris. Right. Um, so, you know, um, but you have that there's this hemostatic medicine. So we know somebody who likes hemostatic medicine. <laughs> it's his favorite vitamin. Yeah, it's it's the uh, I, for the man who has everything. <laughs> um, um, and weirdly enough, um, Alfred, who decided not to fight you, has decided to lure you into his obstacle course of doom. Yes. Yeah. He's he's just a little boy. He wants to be a big boy. Yeah. Um. You know, locks you in. Says, "Hey, this is this is my playground, and you're going to entertain me." <laughs> um. And he releases a bandersnatch into the room. Yeah. Uh, after, uh, and this is, uh, our introduction to this enemy, which is the, like, kind of new enemy for this game. It's like the mascot for this game almost. When I yeah, think like of this... Code Veronica, I think of the bandersnatch. Yeah. Like this thing and the moths are the two kind of contributions to it. Um, I have mixed feelings on these guys. Yeah. I think they're, they're mechanically cool. Um, but I don't think they actually read as very scary. Uh, or anything other than silly because they're like stretch armstrongs. Yeah. I like how silly they are. So what these are, these are kind of like little half tyrants. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they have one gigantic arm and it can stretch all the way across a room so they can close distance on you really quick or they will, you know, pick you up and squeeze your head. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like it's kids in the hall sketch. Um, <laughs> the funny thing, uh, is, is not only the fact that they are stretch armstrongs, but their non-dominant arm, which is what you want to run by if you're avoiding these guys, is just a tiny little baby arm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like the, there's the law of the conservation of arm and like the righty got all the, uh, got all the glory while lefty just withered and died. It is a, uh, on the wiki, they talk about how that is a function of, uh, these were an attempt to mass produce tyrants because most people couldn't handle tyrant. Uh, couldn't handle the virus or the the process or whatever. Yeah. But because uh, it's a lower, like shittier version of the process, um, it like desiccates their flesh. So as soon as they're born, a bunch of their flesh falls off mm-hmm. uh, of their left arm specifically. Oh, weird. So, um, like the functionally gameplay wise, everything these guys can do, I'm on board for. I just feel like, so like contrast this with the the uh, the last entry in the series, which introduced those like drain demos things. Mm-hmm. And three, and then two, which had liquors. Like when they introduced their kind of signature monster, mm-hmm. uh, they're scary as shit. Yeah. 
uh, it is impossible to be scared by a Bandersnatch. <laughs> like, imagine if they could just, like, shunt across the room because, like, you know, their arm opened up and, like, you know, veins popped out and grabbed something and dragged them over or something. Yeah, yeah. Something that's just sillier than them just, like, literally plastic manning <laughs> across the room. Like, it, it just makes them impossible to seem cool to me. Yeah. I, to me, it seems part and parcel with the goofiness of the game. Mm. And, yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it is. Yeah. It, it, the, the game is extremely goofy. Yeah. I think I just like I like my Resident Evils and Resident oh, Evil I, monsters a little bit scarier yeah, than yeah. this. Like the the, the yeah. other signature monsters, like nothing is going to approach the liquor in terms of like that introduction um, or yeah. even its design. Really, I think I think the design of the liquor is uh, unsettling on its face or lack thereof. Yeah, and and then maybe if this was here and there was another monster that did have that, mm-hmm. but the game ends up kind of being bereft of that for the entire game. Right. The closest thing is Nosferatu, which is cool, mm-hmm. um, but doesn't quite, you know, hit the same highs. Right. So you end up with a Resident Evil without, like, a cool, scary monster. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a bummer. Yeah. At least give me a Chimera. Yeah. Or, I mean, you know, we get Hunters and stuff, but at least yeah. give it, like, I want, like, one signature cool, scary monster. Yeah. You know? Um, and he doesn't even get, like, this like this cool cutscene. He's just kind of released a fight here. Right, right. Um, and they're not that tough either. Uh, you know, so you, so you kill him. Um and after uh, you kill him, uh, or you pick up, so I don't know the exact order, but you have to yeah. kill him. Um, you get some empty submachine guns, right? Um, um, and and then, uh, in the next room, Steve rescues rescues you from another bandersnatch um, in a cutscene yeah. fight, uh, yeah. and you make the trade uh, and boost him up to get the ammo. Like there's a small little beat where you end up tricking him, like haha, they're empty, they're totally it, automatic. It, it, it plays that like soft sitcom music too, because he's like, oh man, it's empty, and she's like, don't worry. I'll help you get the ammo, you know, and like, it, it's very, you know, <laughs> they play love theme from code Veronica. No, not, not the brother sister kind. Like, you know, the, 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 the pederast love theme, not the incest love theme of the two. Phoebophilia, the please. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, as the elevator, uh, gets us deeper into the facility, we get a small section where we, uh, get to play as steve as he goes to clear to clear things out with his new with his newfound toys yeah yeah it's a, it's a real weird it's, it's fun it's a weird beat yeah um here like you you see all this like ammo and stuff and you're in a new area like you're exploring this area and he's like i don't need it i don't yeah. need it he's real single issue voter yeah he's just gonna he's just gonna go through and you may as well kill everything here right you know like this is the one part where you're not supposed to be conservative mm-hmm. because steve's ammo is is a free resource yeah um, you know, so you clear out the basement, but stuff ends up coming back. Um, he calls Claire along and he, you know, plays his little fiddle again, his little sad violin. You see, you can rely on me. You you see, these machine guns are more power, more reliable than any other person. He directly contradicts yeah. himself. And, yeah. Claire, and Claire is like just trying to wrap his head, wrap her head around his philosophy. More reliable than people? I like I I got so mad at Claire when she did that because when somebody does this in real life, they mm-hmm. they want you to say that you know like when somebody is just like trying to blow your mind with their like shitty Denny's you know three <laughs> philosophy, philosophy yeah. they want you to be like whoa 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 you can't think these are more reliable than people please yeah. elaborate because you're oh, fascinating <laughs> and you know the le- my the thing I hate most in the world is giving people <laughs> suck what they want <laughs> you know. <laughs> Right. Like, don't look at the guy with the bagpipes in uni, you know, in unicycle in Portland. Like, just don't look at him. No, you know, just you know, just, just don't, don't look. look. Just, just don't look. look. Yeah. Um, but with this kind of thing, like, I just wish Claire has been like, uh huh, 
<laughs> you know, we're just like, okay. Yeah. Okay. You know? <laughs> but don't just say like, well, what about the person who uses the machine? It was with you all along. Like, it doesn't yeah. have to be or a just, discussion. Surely there must be somebody in your life that you care about. <laughs> no? Do tell. Uh, you know, just, uh. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, it's real bad with his Grand Slam insights. Um, yeah. Well, and then, and then just, you know, and, and Steve's like, I don't want to talk about it. Screams. She's like, he just lost his partner who had one date off to retirement. I should, I should just, uh, reload a save from near that and then just, uh, edit a video where it's just him shooting machine guns for 10 hours. Yeah, it just loops, like, her just being like, and people. Uh, uh, look after that. Um, <laughs> um, but they proceed a little bit further. They're, you know, they're, they're on the first floor. They're in the facility's garage. A cat, a catwalk collapses, traps Claire, uh, and a zombie starts bearing down on her. And Steve reacts emotionally because it's Papa. Papa? Yeah. What's going on? No, no. Uh, you're, you're the person I couldn't rely on. I'm in here because of you. It happens so quick. Yeah. Like, it's like there's a little hint of him not relying on people. There's some obnoxiousness about him liking weapons. And all of a sudden, he's, like, more reliable than people. And then shooting. And then, oh, you mean this person. Right. Like, who's right here. Also, the wiki just calls the zombie Burnside. <laughs> like, just one word. Here comes Burnside. Yeah. Um. So, he, you know, here's the, the, the real, you know, the climax of Steve's character or what have you. Uh, the turn for him where uh, whether he lets Claire die or he shoots his father, who's a zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, he eventually does, does shoot. Yeah. Uh, does pull the trigger. Yep. But by, by the symbolic killing of the father, he ascends into manhood. Yes. And now he, now it's no longer immoral to fuck him. Yeah. Claire. <laughs> um, so and we find out a little bit of his backstory. Like his dad uh, tried to steal information from Umbrella. So they sent his entire family to this, uh, this prison, Rockford prison. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, well, fuck, you fucked up dad. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, for a good cause. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean unless you were just trying to sell it to a competitor, in which case, fuck you. But yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's not like there's not tons of things like stealing information from uh, about bioweapons. Like, you know, there's not tons of good things you can do with it. No. You know? Yeah. So now we're back in control of Claire and you can explore more of the facility. You have the entire basement open to you or most of it anyway. Yeah. Um, and you get around it on this um, on this elevator, which pretty much always puts you right in front of a zombie ready to launch yeah. at you, which is annoying. Yeah, that's. Really a bummer. Um, there's a room with this uh, this model room where they have a little model of the uh, the facility with this like tantalizing ammo behind this desk that you can't crawl over. Yeah, um, we're gonna get to that later. Where you get this uh, this blue emblem. Now this is one of the most frustrating. When I talk about this game being fucking sloppy, um, there are two blue emblems. You get they're identical. Uh, the easier path is to use this uh, where Alfred shot you. Uh, and, uh, get, you know, get this key to the rest of the facility and kind of move on. The harder thing to do, uh, but it's still possible is there's also a place for the blue emblem back by the guillotine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like way, way worse as far as a value proposition as to what you get. Yeah. So I forgot, you know, I was like, where do I use this? Like assuming just cause it's been a long time since I played that like it's resident evil, there's going to be one key per lock. Right. You know, cause of course there is like, that's how video games work, man. <laughs> um, and so I went back and did the guillotine thing which is a resource drain. There's a lot of zombies back there. Mm-hmm. You don't get as many items uh, and stuff and made this whole mid stretch, like a real pain in the dick Yeah. Uh, for me. And, you know, cause I didn't get, I was like, where is the goddamn shotgun? 
<laughs> why have I not got a shotgun yet? Like, mm-hmm. this is ridiculous. Uh, I'm running low on ammo. And it's because of this change. And it's like, why would you ever make, like, two identical keys and two identical locks? Yeah, it's in a game? not good. And it comes back later, so it ends up having three uses. Yeah, it would, absolutely, yeah. Like, it becomes a big MacGuffin for Chris. The idea being that adds this little bit of nonlinearity, but you have to make those paths either like an interesting trade-off, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, like in Resident Evil 4, like either fight a bunch of villagers or one of the gigantos, um, or uh, make the trade-offs functionally like identical. Yeah. You know, don't just make one of them, you know, an arbitrary thing where you either dick yourself over or you have an easier time. Right, right. Um, um, and I think you eventually have to go do both as you well. You do. Yeah, they're both mandatory. Yeah. Um, and it's like you get nothing from the, the guillotine path. No, no, you, just, you end up getting, um, an upgrade for your handgun, but it, yeah. it weirdly, it's an upgrade that lets you chew through more ammo, yeah, which it's, is it's the last thing you want. Like, yeah. It, it uses more bullets. It doesn't make your handgun more powerful. Right. Um, so, so pretty big bummer. Like eventually mm-hmm. you'll want to do that, but like, don't do it first. Right. Like, don't be like me. <laughs> don't do what Gary don't does. Um, yes. Yeah. You end up, you know, if you do get the, uh, you know, use it where Alpha is trying to shoot you and get the blue emblem card, uh, it opens up more things here in the facility. Uh, you know, this isn't the backtrack part of it. Um, gets you into, into a control room where you get the army proof, um, and also access to the security ter- terminal where you can look at the cool skeleton pirate painting and see the code, mm-hmm. uh, which gets you into, uh, the, the room, which conveniently, uh, has finished ventilating the room where the guy got his head smooshed. Yes. Yep. Uh, you grab this cool skeleton painting, which I love having that in your inventory. Uh, this creature called an albinoid breaks out of a test chamber yeah. uh, and gets into the vents. And the room locks down again, uh, so you have to escape. Uh, I think at this point you've read a note on the albinoid. Yeah, it was in the um, control room. It's like a like a projection, like talking about the new POW that they're developing. It's like a, an electrified salamander or yeah. axolotl or something like that that um, grows very rapidly. Um, yeah, the fact which that I one... guess is the other new enemy to this, but they they end up kind of being a non-presence. Yeah, yeah, it's just like a set piece. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fact that one's in the vents though is a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the skeleton painting. Uh, the thing you want to do is there's a room that you're in that is uh has a picture of the room that's spo- as it's supposed to be mm-hmm. in it, and you have to make the room actually match the picture. And the way you do that is by putting the skeleton picture up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're opposite each other. And I kind of love it. Like there's one paint picture of a pirate, <laughs> sassy pirate. And then there's the pa- sassy pirate as a skeleton. Yeah. After the nuke, after the news go off. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, no fate, but what he makes. And the, uh, I think the idea was it's supposed to be like kind of scary. It's uh-huh. like skeleton, you know, ooh, there's a skeleton version of it. It's so silly. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's so extremely silly. Yeah. Um, but this gets you a gold key, uh, which is good. Um, Mm -hmm. and there's also an empty space where a tank should go. That's going to come later. What you're going to notice is there are lots of things in this first playthrough when you're, when you're Claire, uh, that seem like they are puzzles that go unsolved. Yeah. And if you're the kind of person who thinks like, oh, there's something I'm missing because I didn't solve that, that'll cause you to tear out more of your hair than ought to be torn out. Um, because that is stuff that you're meant to do as Chris later on. There is no way to do it now. Yeah, it's pretty, you know, that's a, that's again a pretty frustrating thing. And there, there's ways they could have signaled this better. This wasn't just like a throw up your hands, like, well, we were, you know, we couldn't figure it out. Like mm-hmm. you could have signaled this yeah. a lot better, you know, I think. Um, and it, how cool would it have been if, uh, you know, you spent, you spent a little bit of time as Chris in like kind of the underbelly of this, but you know, it could have recontextualized this space in a lot cooler of a way, mm-hmm. you know, than they actually did. So we'll, we'll talk about it, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, regardless, with this gold key, you can go back to the palace um, and notice that I think maybe for the first time, um, the main hall has zombies. 
mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. what what should be a little bit of a safe haven. Like it's not a subversion. Like they're not playing this to like, oh, isn't this isn't this rough now? Your safe rooms. Um, but that is you know noteworthy at the very least. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you can hear you get this uh, the family lineage room. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you can, you can find, uh, you know, it's, it's the really classic Resident Evil thing where like, here's a bunch of different ancestors, like put them in order. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to use this libretto, um, this letter that, uh, the butler wrote about like here, you know, bring on to your family. Here is its illustrious history. Yeah. Um, you know, one, you know, everyone gets a gift. So your great, great grandfather had a teacup, but your great, 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 great grandfather, uh, had a calf, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things like that. And you and, just press the buttons in order. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a good puzzle. I like this quite a bit, actually, um, because it does reveal some stuff. Like when you get to the point where, uh, oh gosh, it was the gift that Alexander, their dad got. Um, most of the other gifts are present in the room, but one of them is like notably smashed against the ground. Um, that reveals something like Alfred did that because, you know, he is ashamed of his father. Yeah. Um, you know, so like that is a cool little detail. Um, I, I like that bit. I like the the background and environmental storytelling. I have a feeling that the puzzles in this game in general are like a little too easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I know in the last one I complained about like a couple puzzles being a pain in the dick, but like I don't think this quite hits the balance. Yeah. You know, we have that capture puzzle. We have that that crane thing. Like there are a lot of things that feel more like activities than puzzles. Yeah, yeah. I dig it. I, I think I think that like there is enough of a the, there's enough of a twist with the fact that uh, uh, some of the founders or some of the uh, family heads were uh, identical twins. Mm. Um, and that, and that adds a little bit, like, it's not, you know, it's not like Fez or something like that, but, uh, it, it engaged me at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. And you are learning, you're learning about the, uh, um, the, the, the family, most notably the, that the family's founder, you know, Veronica was the most revered, you know, like she was lauded for her beauty and her intelligence. Um, and that her, I believe her grandson, Edward was the one who co-founded Umbrella and Alexander squandered the good family's name. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I like the background stuff for yeah. sure. Yep. yep. So, strangely enough, uh, when you end up figuring this out, you know, you, um, the picture, the picture of Alfred ends up rotating. And, you know, the clue here is press the buttons in order to reveal the true head of the, uh, of, of the, um, um, oh gosh, what's this family? The Ashford uh, family. Ashford. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the, the true head of the Ashford family. And you're thinking like, oh, it's going to, it's going to be Alfred. No, it rotates and we see Alexia, you know, her family portrait there revealing this vase, which has uh, the queen ant object in it. Yes. Uh, the fact that they use object yeah. as a, as a noun for this so often is just like, man, like <laughs> guys, yeah. you know, you know, the thesaurus, like the figurine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, figurine, uh, you know, uh, stat, you know, statue, uh, you know, trinket, like there's, there's a thousand things this could be like, it, it's very, uh, you know, Jonathan Statham among the containers kind of thing <laughs> to me. Um, but anyway, so, you know, hey, uh, Alexa is really in, important here is what is what you're taking away yeah. uh, from this. Um, now that you have the gold Lugers, you can open that door in that save room um, into this uh, this little hallway that goes in this dark office. Um, and you uh, you turn on the computer and it plays that dragonfly uh, footage again. You know, Hello, again, this kind of this Alexia. Kind of you know how to turn me on. Oh, Alexa, turn. Alexa, stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, uh, so, uh, the, you know, this, this lights up this hutch. Um, you go, uh, go to the hutch and you get this, uh, these directions for how to spin this plate on the hutch. Right, right. Um, you know, the combination is the year this place was, was, uh, founded 
and we got that information, I think, back in the model room. No, that's different. Uh, the, the, the combination is actually 1971, the year that, uh, Alfred and Alexi were born. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the, the founding is something that comes later. Ah, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you spin that, spin this plate back and forth. That gives you a password you put into the computer. Um, and you get this other, uh, little cutscene here. Yes. Uh, when the Bandersnatch yeah. breaks through the window and you end up having to fight it here. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, this, this cutscene is these, these little, like, kind of cutouts, uh, of these two twins, like, dancing and kissing and making out, which, like, <laughs> it couldn't be any more, uh, you know, Lord Helmet from Spaceballs, like, making the, you know, the toys <laughs> make out, you know? Yeah. Um, so super creepy. Mm-hmm. Also uh, super but, creepy when you get to the private residence, uh, and it goes, it goes full on, um, Bates. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so you, this is the private residence. There's this, like, awesome, like, you know, little, little enclosure, uh, bridge, uh, there, which is very funny because the, there's later, earlier, there's a log where it's like, it must be an amazing bridge, a golden bridge that glorifies my sister and my family or whatever. <laughs> and it's just a fucking bridge. It's just some boards. But, yeah, just some boards. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's a wooden tube. Um, but when you get to the other end, like, it is really creepy approaching this little outbuilding, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, super spooky as you're running up this little walkway, the camera pans up to the house and you hear this like woman laugh. Yeah. And, and it's great. <laughs> um, the actual, the layout of the residence kind of bums me out. Yeah. There's nothing um, to it. Yeah. Just, it was just the getting up here, this like spiral staircase. Yeah. Getting up to the, the top is like, this is actually, there are elements of this game too, which we talked, we didn't talk about that are actually are random. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not dynamic, like it adjusts difficulty, but this room can either be filled with zombies or bats. Yep. They can change, but it can also change on your first time. Like I went up here, died, came back, and it was filled with, you know, ended up being filled with uh, zombies, which was harder for me than bats because at the time I hadn't gone back and traded in my uh, my lighter. Yeah. Um, we should uh, – oh, you've got that in the notes. Yep. Uh, the hemostatic. So – but anyway, so at the time, like bats were way easier for me. So it wasn't adjusting the difficulty because I died. It's just kind of – it can be a couple different things. Right, right. For no rhyme or reason. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, you know, replay value or, or just to spice it up or what have you. Yeah. This, um, this hall is really creepily designed. Like, I love that it's full of dolls. I love that there is what appears to be a hanged figure. Like, all you can see on the first floor is the, is the feet, thinking that mm-hmm. there's some foreshortening happening and that it's, you know, somebody who hung themselves up at the top. It turns out that it is just this gigantic blonde doll. Um, yeah. that is hung like a chandelier almost. Um, and you get to the bedrooms where, you know, it's a hallway that splits away to these two different rooms for Alfred and Alexia. Uh, and you see Alexia, uh, for the first time. And, you know, she is talking, uh, to Alfred, you know, about the plans, about the, uh, uh, you know, Alfred's desire to restore the Ashford name, you know, and, and yes. put Alexia, you know, in, in charge, put her at top. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, you, uh, as you know, so you, and this is you, when you say you see it, like you, you're looking through like, uh, you're looking through like a people, right? It's like a, like it's like a window lattice or something like that. Yeah, you're look, you're looking through, not in the same room. No. Um, after you see them talk, um, there's a music box in Alexia's yeah. room. The, the, um, ignore my note here. I thought that it played the RE3 clock tower melody because they sound similar. No, it's just, it's the tune. It's, it's the, just a music box, man. Yeah. It, yeah, it's a music box. It's, it's the same about that sound palette. They sound very similar. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's, um, uh, it's, it's the lullaby that you heard in the, uh, in the, the dragonfly, yeah, fuck dragonfly video. video. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you close that and this, uh, gives you the silver key. Uh, from that. And, uh, you can place the Red Queen ant object on the music box and get the music plate, um, which we can't do anything with just yet. Right. Um, but, uh, you head over to the other room, um, Alfred's, and it's a mirror of Alexa's. Um, and, uh, there's a little, a little foreshadowing here as well. Yeah. There's a, there's a women's dressing mannequin in, in, in this room. 
Yeah. The, the layers upon layers of like weird twist with the, the Ashford twins. Yes. Which we'll get to. Cause it, you know, at first it's like, oh, it's where they fuck. And then now you're like, hmm, you know, <laughs> maybe there is no Alexia, but yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Um, so with the silver key, you can go back to the palace and open up two rooms, one of which is a, is a boardroom, um, where you find mm-hmm. some banner snatches. You get Hunk's report. So again, that stupid name for that, uh, G-man guy from, yeah. <laughs> from RE2. Um, Alfred had Hunk transport a frozen specimen tank. Uh, here. And this is also strangely where, where Hunk trained. So we are in the, like this and Resident Hunk Evil Origins. Zero. Yeah. Where the, this and Resident Evil Zero are like about these training facilities where important umbrella people like got their schooling. Yep. All I want to know is about Hunk's, uh, Hunk's beginnings. Yes. <laughs> this is where you get your second eagle plate so you can do whatever you didn't do before. Right. Right. Um, the other room it opens up, like we can talk about it later, because it's just the casino. This uh, this silver. Oh thing. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I went there first thing. Use the critical path, and it's it is not. Nope. So again, the kind of weird, uh, wishy washy nonlinearity in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so you head back to the facility because you have that hemostatic medicine. You have that eagle plate. Uh, you give Rodrigo the hemostatic medicine. He's you know mildly surprised you're gonna save his life, uh, and he's just gonna die. And so he doesn't die in the dark. I guess you give him your lighter. Right. Right. And say like, oh, this is a, this is a gift for my brother, and I'll give it to yeah. you. Yeah, which uh, I, you know, again, I wish he didn't do that. Like, <laughs> saved his life. But he gives you the lockpick, which is cool. Like having the lockpick is neat, but just like, you know, the lighter just seems very important. Yeah, yeah. And the trade-off lockpick lets you open up drawers, and also I think a couple of cases that get you yeah. more resources. Yeah, mostly explosive uh, arrow heads. Like that's that's what's in every case that doesn't have that miracle substance mm-hmm. and the miracle metal. Um, yeah. Uh, additionally, while you're here, you can get into the door behind the guillotine, uh, using the eagle yep. crest. Um, and just for spooks, they, you know, when you open the door, the guillotine blade drops. So I guess that was yeah. also the lever. Uh, <laughs> you have to leave a note. I have to make special instructions for the UPS guy. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't accidentally behead somebody. Don't stick your head in, hand in there. <laughs> um, this gives us this weird little short story about this evil anatomist, uh, the and this is this guy we like we run into him like we fight his zombie version. Uh huh. It's such a weird little touch though. Yeah, I'm way you know, into the anatomist. I'm I'm into him too. I just I wish that there was a little bit more to him. Yeah. You know, yeah. like he ends up being like one of the coolest like details of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, this like like Kyburn figure where like you know Alfred sends people to him and he does terrible experiments. He has this demon inside him, mm-hmm. and Alfred gives him all the resources he needs to indulge it. Yeah. You know, uh, I I dig this as a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I want I want to play the sub game. I want to play like Code Veronica Zero, where it's just about like dealing with the anatomist. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be it'd be very good. Uh, but as it stands, you know, you get your uh, little little spook scare as you walk back into the crematorium and get your um you know gun parts case. Uh, mm-hmm. But as you do that, uh, you see the body bag in the foreground move. Uh, like oh no, oh no, oh no. Yeah, and you come back and you find his zombie. I don't even think it's like eating a corpse that's on a table. I think that's like miming, like working on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> super cool. And it's a super tough zombie and he sticks out. He has a unique model. Um, he's wearing doctor's garb and he has a, like one really shiny eye for a good reason. Um, and like, this is where you end up needing to use like your shotgun. This is where you, you know, it might be good to use, uh, some grenade ammo because he comes at you fast, faster than any of the other yeah. regular zombie enemies. He's, he's tricky. Uh, when you kill him, you take out his glass eye, um, and you uh, you put it in the skeleton in his uh, his workroom, mm-hmm. which opens up the hidden door to uh, this thing he referred to in his, his journal and writing as the secret place, mm-hmm. uh, which is his awesome little torture chamber underneath. 
Yeah, yeah. Which I get like more of this shit. Like I, <laughs> I am way into when things like this happen in games. Yes. Um, more of this, please. Yeah. When you go into the basement uh, of the house in Oblivion and find out, find the assassin. Um, you know, like the like, exactly. the, like the Dark Brotherhood shrines and stuff. Yeah. yeah. There's a really, really, really good uh side bit of that in Death of the Outsider. Hmm. I, I don't want to spoil, but there's a very cool like, you know, something hiding underneath the surface hmm. kind of thing. Nice. So. Yeah. Um, so when you're down here, you know, you see the plush chair with the side table and drinks. Uh, I think the, what they're implying is that Alfred would come down here and just watch the anatomist do his work. Um, mm -hmm. what you're going for is this Iron Maiden room where you're doing this little puzzle with a rusted sword and poison gas to open up an Iron Maiden, uh, letting a zombie break out. Yeah. Um, but what you're and here you for, say, like, I really gotta say, like when you say puzzle, it's, it is a series of tasks you have to circle. do in a particular order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to beat that drum on you. I'm just saying that yeah. like, the the tasks in this game are really kind of low par. Like you just push the the statue in a circle. Mm -hmm. Like it just it's just a lever. Yeah. You know, and you have to figure out how to push the lever, but it's the only thing in the room. You know. Yeah. So they they're not bringing their A game with uh, the non combat activities in this game. No, not not particularly. Uh, but what you're here for is a is a piano roll. Mm -hmm. uh, which you know, if you went into the casino, you saw where this would go. Yes. Um. So you head back to head back to the uh, the areas we've been to. Um, when you show up on the palace, and this is a, a new cutscene for Code Veronica X, because Wesker shows up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he says he gives you some exposition. Hey, I'm the one who attacked the island. I'm happy you're here because you can act as bait to bring Chris here because I hate that Chris. I have to kill him for foiling my plans in Resident Evil One. Yeah. Then um, he puts on a fake mustache, twirls it, and then puts it back. Exactly. Into his... Ties you to a railroad track, and then ties uh, you know three people to the other one. <laughs> and then like points the lever and shrugs in a really exaggerated way, and then you have to figure out <laughs> what to do. Um, but uh, he let, he lets you live here. I think you know this is the part where they first show his glowing shades uh, and a little bit of his uh, superpowers. Right, right, because like he he, he I, I forget what it is. Like he's called away, and instead of just like walking, you know, walking, he does like a neo leap off of a ledge. Yeah, because because Wesker is now this is the beginning of like you know when you fight him in. RE5. Like, this is this is now Super Wesker. Yeah, well, he was presumed dead. Like, it is pretty yeah. surprising to see to see him up and around, because that is one of the ways that Resident Evil 1 can end. Yeah, is is with him dead. And since he didn't die, he became uh, I don't even know what to describe like what Wesker is. Like, a a super, like, a, yeah, like, a, like a virus power super being. You know, he, yeah. he himself is a B.O.W. who has managed to retain sentience. Like like in a, like the best BOW that's ever been, right? You know, right. like it is a weird like one of the things that shows up in the fact that's like such a good question is that he spends so much time trying to get a hold of viruses when his blood has a superior version of it yeah. in every single possible way. Well, you yeah. know, it's it's kind of like the thing the uh, the uh, martial arts master does not teach every single move he knows uh, to the student mm -hmm. just in case he needs to take the student down. That could be. <laughs> He's uh but it, it is a it is a uh su super superhero Wesker is always very weird to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like Wesker. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm I'm way into Wesker, but like I love super silly. I love his arc that as he gets more evil, he gets more British. Yeah. <laughs> he goes from New England to England. <laughs> like he 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 reverse Santa Maria's it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, so with this, uh, this piano roll, uh, you can go into the casino room, uh, which was, which upstairs, um, on this, uh, uh, which opens up this panel on a slot machine, mm -hmm. gives you the king ant object, which we've already had our, our queen ant object. Um, you can go back to the residence, put that in the uh, music box, which opens it up, which allows you to change the music box over to Alfred's room, which opens up this, uh, this, 
you know, this ladder that just deploys onto his face. Yeah. When he's sleeping. <laughs> that you just have to hope somebody doesn't use to set up like some kind of weird Danganronpa Phoenix yeah. Wright murder situation. <laughs> he, was, he was panic room. He was, like, he was crushed by the ladder over his bed. What did you do? Yeah. Well, you know, he did, he did set it up so anybody who put a music box thing in here would smash his face <laughs> in. Anybody who played this, their most recent summer jam. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but this brings you up into this weird fucking, uh, they have this, uh, uh carousel, this like merry-go-round mm-hmm. up in their attic. Yeah. Uh, it's especially creepy because this is not their childhood home. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, they, they have this, this sense of arrested development. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what you have to do is you have to pick up this, you know, dragonfly, uh, figure, this object, uh, take the wings off of it and then put it into, um, this keyhole. That is in the queen ant's mouth, like on a, yeah. on a, on a mural that's on the wall, uh, mimicking what happened in the video, uh, yes. that you saw. You this know, rotates the carousel and gives you a ladder up to this office. Right. You know, and when you get here, you find these, you know, just, this is, this is really where Alfred got his work done. Um, you know, he's got all of his books and things and also has newspaper clippings about Alexia graduating college at age 10, um, and being named Umbrella's head researcher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, we've, we've well established the, uh, the obsession here. Yes. So there's, a, there's a letter out top. He says, I cannot allow the unwashed to see my dear Alexia to my life is devoted. She reigns the world as queen and I am her servant. Um, but the big thing here is you get your air force proof, which is our final little proof, uh, there. So we can try to escape as we leave, uh, into Alexia's room. Um, Alexia confronts us. Um, she has that, the, the sniper rifle, the same one. Mm-hmm. She's a really bad shot, tries to shoot you. Uh, Steve breaks in and shoots her, uh, who escapes th- and she escapes through a secret door right there. And, uh, when you go and check that out, that room, um, you find that there is a blonde wig on a music box. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hmm. And, uh, and as that happens, uh, Alfred leaps down from, from the, the bed, bed canopy, off. like he's fucking Dale Gribble. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I've been watching, uh, it's always sunny again. And I forgot. I love the, uh, the mouth noise that Mac name. When he, uh, when, he, when he karate's he karate. across rooms. <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah. Um, uh, but everybody is shocked to find out that Alfred is Alexia. Not least of all, Alfred himself. Uh, when he yeah. catches a glimpse of himself in the, in, in the mirror, you know, without the wig, but with the makeup. And he is still, you know, speaking, speaking in her voice. Um, you know, and this causes him to, Run away in a panic and also activate the facility of self-destruct mechanism. Uh, you know, so this gets into us being parodies of ourselves, um, cross-dressing to indicate some kind of mental illness, probably pretty fraught. I think there's more going on here than just like, oh, he dressed like a woman. That's crazy. Doesn't make the language they used to describe <laughs> any less uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. Um, the that's the kind of the big thing, right? So there's a little bit more to it. It's not ideal. Um, I will also say that like the fact that this is a faint, mm-hmm. you know, like he's definitely dressing up as Alexia, but the idea um, here is that like, Oh, it's incest. Oh, there, you know, Alexia has been long dead or whatever. And he's, you know, cracked. He's, re- he's replaced her like, like straight up Norman Bates. Yeah. Norman, Norman Bates her and stuff. And then it turns out that she's not actually gone. Right. You know, as well as we'll find out soon, not that even spoilers, I guess, like we're going to spoil the whole thing. That's what the show does. Um, but the, uh, you know, kind of spoilers. So they don't really land on this as a thing. Like it's definitely a, a, a part of him being crazy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't read as that bad to me. No, no. Um, you know, it's a specific person. It's not just 
all you know, people who a lady. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, you know, what if I was, what if I was a lady? Isn't that weird? Like, no, it's like, <laughs> what if you were your creepy incest sister? Right. You know, it's already so fucked up <laughs> right. and stuff that I think that like it, it passes my smell test. Yeah. Mine... Not to like, you know, not to, any, not to project on anybody else. Right. Right. It passes so. mine too, but like it is fraught and it is them dealing with a kind of, a kind of horror trope that they haven't done, you know, up yes. to this point. Um, and yeah. I think it's maybe a little bit to the game's credit because they are dealing with a more personal story. You know, like this game ultimately is about how, how broken the Ashford family is. Yeah. Um, and that like, that is that like, that's the most memorable aspect of it to me in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think so too. So like the Ashfords are the, uh, are the highlight of this for sure. Cause what else is going to be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So with the self-destruct system in play now, it is time for us to get off of the island, uh, to head to the airport where the proofs will get you onto the seaplane. However, the bridge is in the way, blocking our takeoff. Yeah. Um, one thing that's frustrating about this this whole little bit here, or just the airport in general, is that uh, if you kind of come back here, if you're like me, and you're kind of casting about for what to do, uh, which I did during several parts of this, because uh, mostly because I didn't get that key card because I used my uh, my eagle plate uh, on the, the guillotine thing. I'm kind of casting about for what to do. Um, coming back here, they always refill it with like tougher and tougher enemies. Mm -hmm. Like this bridge ends up getting all kinds of banner snatched up. Yep. And it pisses me off because yeah. uh, there's no reason to go back there. It's just punishing you for exploring and poking at the edges of something because you don't know the critical path. Yep. Which is just something like a, you want to do and have been encouraged to do, mandated to do in previous yes. games. Yeah. yeah. So you just dislike that. Um, after you raise the bridge, uh, you don't have a path back. So you have to uh, kind of go up and, and check it, you know, with this other way. Moving around, you can grab this key. It leads back to the military facility because you're going to make a long loop back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and... Uh, you know, as you uh, as you're doing so, you notice a bunch of other planes have left the island as well. Yeah. Uh, so other people have escaped. <laughs> so you think it's other people? No, it's uh, yeah. just more zombies that they're yeah, going just, to just, just more zombies. where you're headed to. Yeah. Yes. They have, they're they're going to go set up. <laughs> yep. Okay. Give us like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um. And yeah, uh, you know, you you have a you clear this elevator eventually that will go up to the the worm the yard with the worm in it. Mm -hmm. um, I'll make you up here. And uh, Alfred comes back. Yeah, we get a cutaway to Alfred uh, in the control room, um, still speaking in Alexia's voice. Um, and he, you know, decides, like, nobody's getting off of this island. You know, I, you, you cannot be allowed to live. Uh, and releases a tyrant. You know, this is the specimen that Hunk, you know, brought here. Um, yeah. You know, for him. And you end up having to fight it on the path back. This is your first uh, kind of mandatory encounter with this thing. Um, and you have to knock it over. Like, you cannot run past it. Yeah, yeah, it, it just kind of smacks you. Yeah. Um, so pretty, you know, pretty classic kind of bad Resident Evil boss fight where, and you're even in a very small hallway, you can't really even dodge. Yeah. Um, you just kind of have to empty ammo into it. Mm. You know, and again, just, it, do you have enough healing items and, and ammo and stuff to make this work? And at no point did you think you were going to encounter a boss on the way back to this climactic thing. Oh, for fuck's sake, no. Like, you know, fortunately so, there's a save room, like, at the bottom in the path. Yeah. Between those, yeah. but, you know, that is. It's, it, you know, you may, you're probably not going to be prepared. You might have one cheap death because you're packing light mm -hmm. uh, on your way here and then, uh, you know, have to just redo this because you didn't bring, you didn't expect to fight a boss. Right. So something, you know, some of this uh, kind of sloppy signaling. Um, when you eventually get back, uh, Steve is super impatient. Um, you fly away. They play the uh, Resident Evil relief theme. <laughs> uh, they look into each other's eyes. You know, they're like, they're slowly falling in love. 
uh, Steve apologizes. Um, you give him a consolatory back pat. Um, and it's like, hey, let's go to Hawaii and start yeah. a life together. Like, oh, so, so where should we go? I can take us anywhere in the world. I hear Hawaii is nice this time of year. Yeah, what? <laughs> First off, Hawaii is always nice. Yeah, well, and, well, not just that, but, like, did you forget about your brother or your plans to take down Umbrella or all <laughs> yeah. the shit you just saw? Or, like, yeah. Go like, to, I'm, go to the government. Fly me yeah. to government. I'm, I'm going to, uh, to abandon my entire life to live on Hawaii with my child bride. <laughs> I'm Claire Redfield. You know, like, what the fuck? It's, like, it's extremely weird. Ch- ch- child husband? No, I, I say what I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, yeah, he knows. He knows. Um, so as uh, this is happening, uh, Alfred uh, is stumbling around through the facility. He gets to his tank, uh, and he uses his halberd insignia, which will come up later, mm-hmm. to open up the cockpit of his own personal fighter jet. <laughs> um, you know, so again, Harrier is here. Yep, he vetoes um, out. <laughs> yep, <laughs> he heads on out. Um, as you're leaving, there's something wrong with the plane because uh, the cargo hatch is open. Uh, you head back there, and there is this boss fight, which is like. There's cool things about this while it being one of the most frustrating boss fights in the series, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's frustrating specifically because what you need to do to actually finish him is not signaled that well. And you can end up putting yourself in a situation where, you know, where you are stuck waiting for it to be able to fire again. Well, and this is a, this is a hard cap on, like, if you've used too many ref- resources. Right. We're this far into the game, and this is like, here's the test to see if you've been con- properly conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the tyrant has, has snuck on. Um, the gimmick here is you have a little uh, button that will jettison cargo. Right. Uh, if you use that, um, no matter where he is, it'll put him in the way of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he's taken enough damage, it will push him off the the, the back of the plane. Right. Um, so you have to soften him up with bullets. And like, um, it is extremely hard to dodge him mm-hmm. and stuff. Like playing this right after Resident Evil 3 was really frustrating because it's like, you you fight the tyrant or you fight a nemesis. Like I can, I can get out of the way of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the dodge makes such a big difference. Like you're in a pretty small place. If you get too near the back of the plane and he'll, he hits he'll punch you, you off. Yeah. Yeah. You just fly off. So like you have an incredibly limited place to work with. Yeah. Here. Um, this is very hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, like it, it really ends up becoming a little bit of a battle of attrition, you know, like yeah. it, God help you if you don't have enough of the uh, explosive bolts, because like that fires quickly enough and accurately enough that you can, um, you know, get him to the point where you can just send him off. Otherwise, if you end up doing kind of a rope a dope with him, uh, he will take you out very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it sucks. Uh, he has this like this knockdown attack, uh, one of his hands that'll just kind of like slam you to the ground and you'll just kind of slowly get up. And as you're doing so, he can also, uh, you he'll, know, he'll be winding up for another attack that yes. hits you by the time you, yeah. by the time you're up and able to be hit again. Um, and also if you, you know, like I said, if you, if you fire off this cargo catapult, uh, when he is not softened up enough, he will catch it and then push it back. Um, meaning that you have to wait like another 30 seconds or something like that, which is forever when you are trying to dodge in this engine. Yeah. Yeah. So I I find this pretty frustrating. The thing I like about it, I guess, is it looks really dramatic Mm -hmm. when he like almost gets pushed off and at the very last minute, like pushes back. Yeah. I think that's really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of having this kind of like, you know, this way of, of, uh, of doing it is very cool. Yes. You know, uh, yeah. this, this, this way of taking him out, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's sufficiently high stakes. Like I like the presentation of it. I just wish it was a better fight. 
Uh, yeah. I also wish, like, you know, like you, you, you talk to people about this game, you bring it up and like, yeah, I couldn't get past this, uh, this, you know, that tyrant. Yeah, this fight. is, this is a huge, you know, huge block. Yeah, like this bottleneck. And I'm always going to be, I'm always going to look unfavorably at something that keeps people from playing the rest of a game. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. So she goes back to the cockpit. He asks what happens. She says, Oh, I just had to squash another cockroach. Um, and at this point, Alfred assumes control over the plane. Um, um, and ends up like they have no idea where it's going to go, so they might as well sleep. Uh, Claire dreams about the entire events of Resident Evil Dead Aim 2. Um, <laughs> I am not shitting you. That is in yeah. canon. Um, <laughs> and Steve, you know, just consider stealing a, stealing a sleep kiss from her. Yeah, yes. he's been watching her sleep for, for a while. Yeah. In that way that it's just real hot when older women sleep. <laughs> and, uh, he just, uh, you know, considers, uh, giving, giving her a kiss and seeing if he can be made a man before he turns into a, a beast. Uh, <laughs> but he's about to, but she, she wakes up. And so luckily that's not consummated. Yeah. And uh, they have to wait until they're, they're, uh, illegally married <laughs> before they can consummate their relationship. Right. Um, they get, you know, they get up, uh, they look at the latitude and look out the window and it's like, Hey, we're in the Antarctic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the plane crashes into this umbrella Antarctic facility. Which like okay umbrella, um, <laughs> little nuts, yeah. Um, and this is like a new place for the the series to go. Yeah, you know, like I can I can dig them being in the snow zone. I actually, other than the moths, I actually like this this segment. Uh, me, me as well. Like I'm always going to yeah. be down. Like you're you're gonna you're gonna hit my thing my thing spot. You know, by or yeah. the mounds of madness. Like that you are stranded in a hostile place in the Antarctic always like adds some kind of atmosphere and danger and dread. To the pursuit, totally. right? So, like, I'm I'm totally down for it, regardless. You know, like, I'm just I just take umbrellas, weird, you know, resource creep as like table stakes. You know, like, okay, yeah. whatever. Um, I'm gonna be wandering around some gray hallways. That's fine, but I know it's outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they survive the crash, and when they go to jump out, Claire ends up lands, you know, landing on top of them. They they fuck. No, they don't. They just give fuck eyes to each other. Yes. Um, <laughs> and Steve, uh, in order to defuse that because they, you know, they, they, they stopped it short. Like he gets up and does like the weird dad thing of like, oh yeah, a uh, plane's totally trashed. Uh, look at that. Like he's just, he's just appraising the, <laughs> yeah, appraising the mechanics. Yeah. Um, so there's zombies here too. As we mentioned, the fire jets just came here and prepared for you. Uh huh. And, uh, as you're kind of making your way through here, we gotta talk about these moths. We definitely do. Fuck these moths. Fuck poison. Fuck yeah. the larva. Holy shit. So yeah, the larvas are a real big deal. The poison's a real big deal. So what they, they've done is they set this hallway where there is an unlimited, uh, poison relief pot mm-hmm. inside it. Uh, and these moths that will poison you if they so much as like look at you. Right. You know, if they get close to you. Um, they poison you and they'll put a little parasite on you that takes a little while and then fires. Then fires also poisoning you sometimes rooms away. Rooms away. That's that. That's the the deal. Mm-hmm. So that's the fact. So it, it's pretty stupid just to have these things that can poison you right next to the cure for poison. Mm-hmm. You know, but fine. Yeah. You know, if well, you want to do that, that's you what, know it's, what it sets up is dumb little like Lucy skid situations where like, oh, I'm poisoned. I need to cure myself. Let me run into this hallway. You cure yourself of poison, and then something attacks you and poisons you again. Immediately poisons you. Well, like, not immediately. Well, <laughs> might or, just put, yeah, like, or, put the larva the, on you, and you have yeah. to run through a couple of doors, have a trigger, then run back and try and do it again. It's really obnoxious. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've, I've talked about poison has not been a big deal in Resident Evil, and tr- typically it hasn't. No, no. Uh, up until this point. We just did three, and it's not a big deal at all. Here they decided to go full on with it, but like in Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3, there are 
it feels like there's like four times as many blue herbs in those games. Yeah. Even though poison is not a big deal. Here, I think there are like two blue herbs you can take with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the game, it's something it's very, very slight. They're only introduced later on um, in Chris's segment when you end up fighting poison hunters. You can get them here, too. Because um, I remember bringing one to the Nosferatu fight. Okay. Yeah. But there's not very many of them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, you, I, you could be forgiven for even just missing them. Yeah, yeah. Um. So this, yeah, this sucks. It's real bad. And like, I want to have goodwill toward this because that's a creepy hallway. Like there is a zombie, like there, there, there's a, there's a body that is like cocooned to the ceiling. Like I'm, I'm yeah. genuine. You know, moths are scary to me. You me know, too. like, like moths are in that class of like bugs that are kind of too beautiful to live, but also look like ragged kites that fly out, that fly after you when they're too big. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I want to have affection for this, but I think it is just a baffling, a baffling movement tax. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really hate it. Yeah. Um, um, you work your way into uh, Alexander's office, which is in this hallway, uh, and you find this memo where um, Edward Ashford, you know, discovered this mother virus, uh, which would eventually be reckoned into the progenitor virus, along with Lord Spencer, you know, forming it into the T virus. Uh, an umbrella came afterward, you know, this pharmaceutical company as a as a cover for their research into this thing, which is, you know, not really acceptable at all. Um, yeah. and the Ashfords got caught up in this, you know, research problem, uh, you know, down the line, um, Edward died and, you know, Spencer had to take over Umbrella. So there's this power struggle within, you know, between the families that run, that run Umbrella itself. Um, and Alexander, you know, was trying to restore the name, but ended up just kind of squandering it by building this research facility, um, here with parts, you know, they're designed after the Trevor mansion. Um, and his project is named after Veronica in the hopes that it will, you know, restore the family to greatness. Yes. Yeah. Um, as when you go in the back room of this, there's this little rat scare with this locker <laughs> that pops out. Um, this is, uh, there's like a file you can get here only if you've gotten the other files, mm-hmm. uh, all the other files in the game. That is the butler's, uh, diary here. It's like DJ's letter. Okay. Um, thing. Do you know, you, you know about this? D- DJ's, yeah. DJ's letter? What? Is there DIJ's letter or something like that? There's a weird thing in this game where, like, if you get the other files, um, you can get a file here, hmm. like a special one that is uh, another account. Um, it's, it's you've got the <clears throat> the uh, the butler's letter and the thing, so I think you got it. Okay, possibly it's signed it DIJ. Okay, um, no, it's 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 here. Okay, um, it's signed DIJ mm-hmm. um, as a thing, but you're not you don't always get this. I think it oh, is a, a thing that's contingent on you getting all the other files in the game. Yeah. It, it doesn't, point. it doesn't ring a bell for me. Yeah. It is, it is a, a weird, weird thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you get there and we find out that, um, Alexander, the father and Alexia disappeared mysteriously 15 years ago. Um, uh, so they did exist. Uh, the family butler resigned in shame since Alfred took the loss of the family very hard yeah. and became this twisted little maniac. <laughs> um, there's a switch in the, the locker. It's not powered yet. We're going to bring power back to this. Yes. Um, and that's what you spend the majority of the time in this, in this little section doing is kind of bringing this facility um, back online. Uh, yeah. There's kind of this warehouse room with a Metal Gear Solid um, conveyor belt system um, in the middle. Yeah. Um, weird that you have these uh, kind of worker zombies who have helmets on, and I think that affects your critical hit rate on them, uh, mm. weirdly enough, uh, although it might just be aesthetic. Um, there's a weapon room where you get a mining key and you also get an AK-47. Um, I, I wasn't able to figure out how to, like, w- what to do with the heat-sensitive explosives this time. Um, were you able to do that? Um, I think you do it as Chris. Okay. When you come back here, I don't think you do it uh, as Jill. So I couldn't do it as Jill. I think you you set it up, but you can't. I think he does it. But yeah, 
Yeah, I don't quite remember. It's been it's been a while since I played this actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the BOW. So, I mean, just get, it's not oh. super worth it. Like I I know what's in there, and it's just like some ammo. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a refill for the assault rifle. Yeah. Um, the BOW room has the new tougher spiders. Uh, these yeah. are the chitinous ones as opposed to the big furry ones. They spit. Yeah. Ugh. Um, and you're going in here to grab a, a barcode, uh, sticker, uh, that you can use with that conveyor belt. Yeah. And the mining room has this, this pipe for poison gas, uh, and this door to this generator room where you can restore power, which you're going to want to do. Yeah. Um, and, but as you know, whenever you do something like restore power or something like that, like things are going to go to shit yeah. behind you. <laughs> um, so as you head back, you know, places that there's more zombies now, et cetera. Um, but using this barcode allows you to send this box of anti-BOW gas to the BOW room, <laughs> uh, creating an explosion. Yep, the uh, room just disappears. <laughs> yeah, 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 creating a negative space that uh, gets sucked in as nature abhors a vacuum. Um, and uh, this opens up a, a room where you can get this gas mask, Yeah, which you're going to need. Um, and now the power's back. You can go back to the uh, the office, go behind that locker, and press that, uh, that button. Right, uh, revealing a secret room that kind of looks down to the cell – there's this horrifying monster that is pinned to a wall by an axe. Uh, and if you've heard some screams in the facility, that's what this is. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. Like, this is a cool image. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like emaciated, blindfolded uh, critter. Yeah. Here. Um, you want to get this key here, though. There's a, a pot there, and there's a key tape to the bottom of it. Yeah. Uh, it's just very quaint <laughs> for Resident Evil standards. Um, <laughs> and uh, you get that. This machine room key will bring you into the machine room. Uh, you head in there, and Steve says he's found out there's an observation post nearby that they could drive to, you know, run by presumably non-evil pharmaceutical companies. Right. I think it's like a Norwegian uh, yeah. uh, observation base. And yeah. no, nobody from Norway is bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nothing bad has ever happened to a uh, no. a Norwegian observation base in the Arctic. So. <laughs> I, I may actually – it may not be Norway. I may just be uh, importing that from the thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so they're like, hey, let's do this. We can we can use this uh, we can use this digging machine to make our escape by tunneling out through the wall. But he gets distracted by that ass and rams a pipe with poison gas. <laughs> yeah, that happens in this game. That's yep. like literally a uh, in canon thing. Is that like yep. Steve's horniness? Like, here's the here's the thing with Steve's horniness. Like, <laughs> let's say you you were Steve and you were in that helicopter. Uh-huh. Uh huh. To to me, if. <clears throat> We talked a lot about on the shows about like medicinal jerking off. Okay, yeah. If I if that happened to me and like Claire's like, oh, I'm gonna go to sleep, I would go into the cargo bay and then just jerk off into the air, <laughs> which would be a cool novel experience anyway. But it would also like let me think clearly for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I I've been like a teenager, like I can imagine being so like overwhelmingly horny that I can't escape from zombies. Yeah, yeah. And the the the, the last thing that you as, as as a guy anyway, I can only speak from my own experience. The last thing that you care about after you have after you've came is coming again. Oh yeah. <laughs> like at the very least like Steve's refractory period. Right. You know, right. I mean even as a teen, like it's got to be long enough to like get through this next stretch yeah. of like an hour of game. You just have to get the poison out, you know? Yeah. yeah. I feel like he should have done that. Yeah, just it just just as a form of therapy, as a form of focus, you know. I suppose, however, though, he was just looking at that round butt and smashed his pipe. <laughs> yeah, so. So he took his eyes off of the prize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By putting his eyes onto the prize. To understand Steve, you must think like Steve. <laughs> just get into the mind of Steve. <laughs> um, <laughs> this this um, releases uh, a shitload of poison gas into the room, and you have to uh, you have to make your way out. Um, and in order to, um, clear this, clear this out and finish your task, you end up having to, uh, make the proper, the proper shape of crank, uh, for yourself by using a diamond cutting machine. 
um, when you get back in, uh, Alfred is not going to um, brook your escape. He is here, and he is on the attack again. Um, Steve riddles him with the bullets from his SMG, which is which is good and fine. Mm-hmm. And he falls over the ledge into the water again, screaming in Alexia's voice, um, dropping his uh, his his sniper rifle, which you want to make sure you you pick up. Um, and simultaneously, yeah. the Nosferatu, the creature you saw before, um, gets let loose. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you uh, hop onto this uh, this burrower, this thing that will dig through the ice and cut through the wall, um, kind of flooding this uh, this facility up, in, which will come up later because weirdly enough, we come back here, Chris, mm-hmm. um, getting out into the open Antarctic air um, and climb up onto this uh, this helipad in order to eventually get out. But Nosferatu climbs out as well, knocks Steve off onto a ledge, and we have our boss fight with uh, the Nosferatu. Yes, who has sprouted these gigantic arms uh, and is just flooding the area with poison gas and coming after you. Um, yes. You want to avoid this gas because it makes it, it complicates the end game a little bit. Uh, mm. If you end up if you end up getting poison because it, it is not the regular run of the mill uh, style, you know, blue herb poison. Um, it, strangely enough, there's a prevailing wind. You have to make sure that you stay upwind of him when he does this. Otherwise, yeah. you will get it. Uh, but um, one of the perks of this being in full 3D is you can take this sniper rifle and then actually use it to shoot at his heart. Yes, uh, which is his weak point. That's what you want to do. Um, otherwise, you know, regular ammo will take him down eventually. Uh, but this is a way better way to do it. Yeah. Um, it's three shots to the heart and then one shot to the head. Mm-hmm. We'll do it. You have seven bullets, so yeah, you're fairly generous. Yeah. Um, um, the uh, the the visibility is also very limited as well. Yeah. Uh, because so of the it, snow. Yeah. It ends up being pretty tricky. If he if he gets near you, he can fling you off the edge as well as poison you, which is no good. Mm-hmm. Um, if you run out of ammo here, the game actually you know gives you a way out where like one not only is this guy easier to avoid than the tyrant, but after a certain amount of time, uh, you can help Steve up. Mm-hmm. Here and then, either Steve either takes him out, or you run away and he's still around. Right. But right. there's like a narrative out for this. Hmm. Um, I don't remember exactly what it is, but there is a way to to just go help Steve up and avoid. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, and, and that just means that the right play is to leave all of your shit in the in the chest for uh, you know for for Chris. Yeah. And then go yeah. go take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever there's thing, or just take the sniper rifle. Mm-hmm. You know, and you you can usually take him out. But it is like you know, it's not. It's not trivial. It's, no. it's relatively generous, but it's not trivial. Um, so anyway, so you kill, uh, presumably you kill Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. Um, you rescue Steve. He says, hey, I'll protect you next time. Don't worry about Yeah, and you know, also you killed the, the, the little maniac. That's good. Yeah. Um, you know, so you climb onto the snow truck and uh, start heading out, but Alfred shambles towards this tank in a lab where we find Alexia. Yeah. Uh, so Alexia has not died or disappeared or, you know, she, she does exist. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in a tank and he dies at her feet, like releasing her. Yes. Looking uh, up at her one. naked and gooey form. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he might even say something about like her not being ready yet, uh, which is, you know, was we're going to get to you. Yeah. Um, that, that's going to be a big part. Um, and because she's uh, awakened or whatever, these huge tentacles emanate from the base and encircle the escape vehicle uh, and start, you know, fucking us up as we leave. And then Alexia kind of comforts Alfred as he's dying. Yes. He holds him in uh, in her arms. Tonight. Yes. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, fade to black. Disc two. Here, here comes Chris. <laughs> here comes Chris. Heroic um, music. 
Yep. A lot of these uh, set pieces are the same, and you're fighting a lot of the same enemies, so we're going to yeah. move a little bit quicker through Chris's yeah. side of this. Um, not only because we don't want this to be a four-hour episode, but like also you know, there's less to talk about. You're doing new puzzles and stuff, but in a lot of the same areas, and the puzzles are not like astoundingly new or good or anything. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, this, this is not – this whole decision, this whole Chris part is not nearly as fun and cool as – you know, playing through Resident Evil 2 again with with Leon, you know, a couple months after you play it the first time. Right. So heroic music. We cut to Chris free climbing up the side of Rockford. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually how he gets so buff for six. Yep. It is, the, it is this one climb. He has a scrawny little stick man at the bottom when he got yep. to the top. <laughs> the cliff that made a man on a Mac. Like the, um, so yeah. you get to the top of the island, uh, find Rodrigo. <laughs> who uh, says, like, oh, Claire? Yeah, she escaped in a cargo plane. Um, and then a worm <laughs> pops up and eats Rodrigo. Yep, whole. It gulps him. Yeah. Whole. Yep. Um, and I'm rock hard by this point. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you have the ability um, at this point to either take on this worm or just leave the room. Uh, but not before you take all the herbs and ammo. Yeah, yeah you, put, you you gear up and you go uh, you can go fight the worm. Yeah, um, getting the worm is or fighting the worm is probably a good idea. Um, it's not hard. You have an assault rifle, uh, or you or no, or had I had machine guns. Maybe you left over from yeah. Player. Something I had like something. That. I had an automatic weapon where like literally the only thing I did was stand and go. It went down. It was so easy. Yeah, yeah. One of the reasons you might do this is because if you saved Rodrigo's life. Um, the worm will have, uh, as Claire, the worm will vomit him back up, and in his dying act, he will give Chris his lighter back. Yes. You know? So, it's real, <laughs> yeah. The lighter gets around. <clears throat> it is like the, uh, the one, the one girl in, uh, let's see, like the red balloon, or I was gonna say, like, um, the girl who keeps seeing Schindler's list, list with the red dress. <laughs> like, it follows her, but then I realized, like, oh, that's, yeah, no, that's not a good comparison. No, no, it's, it's a, that. so, a little the first thing that popped to mind, but it's not, not right. Right. Um, but you want that lighter because you'll be able to get weapons and stuff. Yeah. Get the uh, submachine guns. Yeah. Uh, for Which, that. you know, all of those are a help, even if they're not yeah. the best. Yeah. It's just, you know, ammo is scarce. So even if they're not great weapons, you still want them. Mm-hmm. So um, the entire facility has been destroyed, pretty much. Like there are rooms yeah. that are, you know, can't, you can't get into. You can't roam the island freely uh, at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And this has released, you know, new zombies and new monsters into the in, into the area. Yes. Um, you head back, you're kind of in this little area, uh, under the, the tank mm-hmm. here on your way out. And you, you, there's this passageway that Alfred had from his little safe room to, uh, to where he came up under the tank to get into his carrier or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little, uh, drawer, there's a puzzle where it's like, you know, the lava meets the sea and then turns into ground, which, you know, you pretty much just have to, uh, do these colors in order. Yeah. On the, uh, these drawers. This gets you the ability to play as Steve in the battle game, which we'll talk about briefly at the end. Yes. Yeah. You get an item that seems like it might be a key item. It's a replica Luger, but you do not want it in your inventory. No, no, just put it in a box. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the way to, the way that you end up getting to more of the facility than you otherwise would be able to is to take this battery, uh, from the safe room and power this kind of scissor lift, uh, that gets you, uh, into these, some of the, into some of these places, including, um, kind of the labs where, you know, where you can see where Alfred actually let the tyrant loose from down here. Yes. Um, you go to this chemical storage room and get the anti-decay alloy report. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this guy loves alloys. So many alloys. Um, 
And this is kind of the puzzle for this section, which is you have an, you know, you're, you're going to get an eagle crest. You have to mix up, um, the special chemical that will dissolve this, um, you know, that, that will dissolve it and free the halberd to get you into the hangar. Yes. Um, so you, uh, you check those out and there's puzzles even in for individual ones of those. Yeah. Uh, as well. Um, so you kind of, kind of move through, uh, go to this control room, uh, where you see this footage of Alexa comforting Alfred. We've seen, so they have, they have a direct line on, on Antarctica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here. And, uh, Wesker is also watching. Yes. Uh, not in the same room, but we come over Wesker and he's like, oh, Alexa is awake. Yeah. But then he sees that Chris is there. And it's like, hey, 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 <laughs> presses a button that releases a bunch of hunters and then like drones. Uh-huh. Um, these, these little, again, drones, again with the drones. <laughs> it's the, it's these hunters and these, and, and these spotters. Hey, Gary, I'm going to need you to stop saying Alexa. I'm, I'm going to need you to stop saying Alexa. It's Alexa. Need, it's, it's Alexa. I'm going to need you to sell that thing. So <laughs> off your, your, your Amazon spy that you created your home like a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just for 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 everybody else doing it. Alexia. Alexia, yeah. I just I just want to make sure. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. We're not we're not taking that out. That's funny, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so anywho, uh, these little machines, the way they work is there'll be little uh tri- essentially tripwires, little drones that hang out on the walls and and put a laser on the wall, and if you break the laser, a hunter will get spawned. Yeah, uh, which is a big deal. It's a very um, big hunters, deal. you know, yeah, they, these things are very deadly and could take up you know a decent amount of ammo to kill. Mm-hmm. And stuff. So you really want to avoid these. Yes. Uh, fortunately, they move in predictable patterns. Um, and they're always put in places where you can, you know, stand back and watch as this goes on. Yeah. 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 Um, so when you step outside to where Alfred was shooting at you, the blue eagle crest that Claire placed there falls into this hole, um, in the backyard of the facility. You know, the, the a sinkhole opened up and you hear some kind of electrical discharge, you know, setting, setting this off a little bit. Like, oh, I, I remember something else that did that. Um, yeah. As you move into another room and fight some soldier air, soldier or airmen zombies that are rigged with C4. So you want to make sure you don't shoot them from the back when they're too close to you. Yeah, you want to shoot them. And they will blow up other zombies as well. Yeah. But, uh, you know, weird. Mm-hmm. Um, you head into this kind of, kind of basement uh, walkway uh, that is now the stairway. Previously, it was, uh, you know, tilted up and now it's tilted down mm-hmm. to go into this lower area where there is a shotgun on a lever. Classic. Uh, as you drive the shotgun, nice. the, uh, the, uh, the stairs go back up. Yeah. So you have to find another way out. Yeah. Um, this ends up being like a, like a weird little backtracking tax. If you want to have this powerful item before you open up the, the real, the real way around, it just like, yeah, little, little, little bit annoying, but the shotgun as always is your stalwart companion. I, I, and now the hunters are in play. Like uh, you need it. What, what the fuck am I going to fight these things with? Right. You know, wishes. Stopping power. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're going to do this. Um, you head down, uh, the chemical warehouse ventilator is broken. There was an area here in the sewer that's kind of filled with poison gas previous, and it was always getting stuck in the ground. It wasn't a big deal, mm-hmm. but now it is. Right. Um, so you have to uh, actually fix that. And Chris, you know, as you examine it, Chris says, well, you know, maybe the, the T-virus uh, was leaked from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so you uh, use the chemical kind of like temperature regulator to create one of the uh, chemicals that you need for this, which... <laughs> causes a poison hunter uh to burst in um i hate these things yeah they come in grape mm-hmm. no yeah, yeah it, these are yeah these are these are no good because it's already like i mean to a good hunter fight you don't get hit you right. know like but they they oftentimes come in groups like this one isn't but a lot of times there's two of them mm-hmm. 
So it's easy to get swiped, and then it just becomes this like weird poison tax again. Yeah, you know this game doesn't handle poison super well, mm-hmm. and though none of the games did, they just handled it well by not handling it at all. Right by 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 or, or restricting it to a particular area. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, these things suck. Yeah. Um, but you you went down when you're down here, you grabbed a broken doorknob, which you then just like stick onto a door. When, in a way that like, <laughs> come on, like this is not how doors work. Up, I'm like, you, you might as well take a piece of chalk and then draw a door on a wall like yeah, your wily yeah. coyote. There, there's stuff behind that doorknob, buddy. Yeah. Like, it's not just like a flat, you know, it's like a mushroom on the ground. Like, there's there's machines in there. Uh-huh. That's why your robot didn't work, Homer. <laughs> um, so you, you go in there. Uh, it opens up this door on this catwalk that has this model tank on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know what to do that. We go to the model facility, put the tank in. It slides the whole thing back, giving us tons of ammo. Yeah. And, and, some, and uh, some healing and stuff. So this opens up a door that reveals uh, slots again for the three proofs uh, that are all guarded behind these lasers. Uh, and the turntable key is here, uh, along with a, a file about Alfred basically using slave labor to build a passage to his mansion, his grand that, gold that bridge. He has grand golden bridge. <laughs> Super bridge. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you know, then it all starts to make sense. Yeah, like, well, it has cup holders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, nobody, nobody likes this. You know, the bridge is not great, but it's also like nobody was putting their back into it. Like nobody right. cared about the work. Right. Because they were slaves because uh, umbrella resource creep. Yep. <laughs> The um, so you head back out of this turntable, which is where we fought our first Bandersnatch. Um, that's a you know in this uh, the BOW lab, and Wesker reveals himself to Chris on the way. Yes, and uh, he's, you know an organization has hired me to capture Alexia. Um, you get this fight. It's not actually a fight. It's a cinematic. Yeah. Uh, fight where at some point Chris like kicks or punches Wesker and reveal you know knocks off his sunglasses, reveals his super eyes, and <laughs> this is where Wesker is doing all of his like super speed. Quicksilver shit. Yeah. That he can do. Yeah. And uh, he lets you know that Claire is in the Antarctic. Um, and Alexia on a video screen is 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 watching uh, and reveals herself to Wesker and Wesker runs. Right. Um, uh, and that'll be a theme in this. Like Wesker is presented as this ultimate badass that he is scared of Alexia and that later on he is trounced by her in a fight um, speaks to how powerful she, you know, she is. Yeah. Like narratively. Like yeah. in the actual game, like I don't think the Alexia fight is actually super tough. Right, right. Um, in the end, in the the grand scheme of Resident Evil boss fights, yeah. But yeah, uh, the turntable takes you up to the first floor uh, foyer, which lets you close the loop um, and actually get outside uh, to the elevator that will take you to the airport. Um, mm-hmm. The airport is a super short section. Like all you're doing here is um, is getting uh, getting a hold of um, the proofs, the proofs, yeah. yeah, which will which and- will open everything up. Lowering the bridge, there's a little oil pressure puzzle, which is like a lot of puzzles in Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fine. Fight some more hunters. Fine. Um, on your way back, um, eventually the proofs will open up this way to where there's this uh, pool here with the albinoid <laughs> who guards the eagle crust. Um, the albinoid is one of the weirdest boss fights in the series because he's waterbound and you are not. Mm-hmm. And he cannot affect things that are outside of the water. Right. So if you want to fight him, you can and you can't be hurt. You can't be hurt. You will waste a shitload of ammo because of the way aiming works in this and also shooting something that isn't exactly on your level. Yeah. Like it it is a weird thing where if you want to put in the tax, like you can you can fight this guy risk free. Mm -hmm. You can also, you know, because you don't have to fight him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, You can you can just sink a a first aid spray or an herb. Yeah. Run out. Grab the thing. Yeah. You know, get back. But it's a weird optional boss fight Mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, but you use your chemicals to dissolve the crest around the halberd, which lets you get into 
uh, you know, get into the hangar where a, a new Harrier is loaded in like it's a fucking pinball, uh, and Chris pilots it away. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Chris, who knows how to fly, uh, fire jets. Yep. Uh, he, he, um, he, he, did, he did train in the Air Force. That's where he was before stars. Yeah. Yeah. That, you're, that is true. I'll, I'll, I'll take it back. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, the, you get to Antarctica. Um, and the base is now open to the elements, you know, with the, uh, Claire burst open on the side. So parts of it flooded, parts of it are iced over. Mm-hmm. Um, this actually does a better job of being changed. Yes. I think than the, uh, the actual military base. Yeah. Because the flooding actually opens up, like, you know, you can just walk along the ice to get into new rooms that you were not able to get into before because the walkways were broken. Yeah. Um, and it's also kind of creepy because Alexia's tentacles, um, have broken through and, uh, you end up having to shoot them out of the way, um, in yeah. a couple of places. Yep. Um, so you grab that octo handle, the octo, uh, shaped handle, uh, from the frozen mining room, uh, zombies wake up in the ice. Um, some of them have these kind of weird parasites on them. I have no idea what the fuck that is. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. I assumed it's just the Alexia, Alexia magic. Uh-huh. You know, Alexia was in, you know, infecting them and making the worker ants or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, weird, but I, there's, there's nothing in the text really. That's yeah. Usually, it. usually there's a, like a, a note or, or a journal entry that describes yeah. that. It's just, and it, I think it only happens here at one point. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's quite strange. Um, so you still have the halberd on you. Um, you can go to, um, uh, Alexander's office to unlock a cabinet in there that has this paperweight that is used as kind of this codex, uh, for a later on puzzle. More notably, um, you find Alfred's diary, which sets up the MacGuffin chase for this particular part of the chapter. You know, each of the three family members have these three jewels, uh, that are used to open up this secret room. Um, and Alfred, uh, got into that and discovered some horrible secret about um, Alexia's birth, about, mm. about both of their births. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> to get revenge on their father for doing whatever it was, they experimented on him, um, you know, using his own research against him to turn him into the Nosferatu. So that is who he fought. Um, yes. And Alexia just decided that they would not make any progress on, you know, whatever created the Nosferatu uh, until she had, you know, experimented on herself for 15 years. And that's where she's been. And a, a perfecter, but she had to be in some kind of stasis. Yeah. Or something like that. There's something in the text about how she had to wait, you know, 15 years. Yeah. And that happens to be right at this time mm-hmm. for her to come out and, you know, bring the family to glory. Like, I, I don't really know what her being a gigantic ant monster was going to do to bring enslaving the planet through pheromones. <laughs> yeah. I guess like, it doesn't yeah. seem very aligned with any, you know, like, with these these parent characters that had human motivations at one point, yeah, and stuff. It's a weird thing. Like this ends up being a real weird game where nothing is accomplished. <laughs> right. uh, the the bad guys' plans don't make any sense, and the good guys' plans don't make any sense. And mm-hmm. like, it's at the end of the game, it's neither a major setback for either. Like one of the things that, and we'll get to this in the wrap up thoughts as well. But this game necessitated the reboot. Yep. You know, we we talked about it a little bit in in the last episode, but it really underlines it. It's not just like gameplay, like oh. You know, we took this in a in a direction that it couldn't go in. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than following the RE3 route, we went in this other way that is kind of shittier and bullshittier, and no one's going to deal with it. <laughs> but even plot wise, like yeah, well, they I mean, needed RE5 is a direct extension of this too. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, they, like, they, they deal with the Spencer family and that. They bring it back, but it needed that break. Mm-hmm. Like it needed that fresh start and that kind of like, you know, bringing things back up. Yeah, and, because and, this this uh, is a weirdly like inconsequential game 
Yeah. I, I, will, backstory. I will also put uh, a, a tremendous amount of the onus, you know, the blame for necessity in the reboot, at least from a play perspective on Resident Evil Zero. Like we can't forget oh, yeah. that is an original game that came out after this, even though it is a prequel. Um, you know, like that, 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 that is untenable. Yeah. That, yeah actually, I, I forgot about the timeline there. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, zero is, is so extremely bad. Um, this, you, you get like, when I say it's, it's kind of, you know, valueless or doesn't move anything, you get tons of backstory, mm-hmm. which is all good and interesting to yeah. freaks like you and me who need company. <laughs> but like the, uh, as far as like it actually moving the plot of umbrella forward and stuff. Yeah. It's it's on an unsustainable arc. Yeah, the the, the Asher yeah. family is a dead end. Yeah, total total absolute dead end. Mm-hmm. Um, so anywho, and and a lot of it just comes from this stuff where it's like we there's it's all vague. You know, bring the family to glory. You know, bring <laughs> us back to our family. You restore our family name. Yeah. Like hey, you're not gonna restore your family name by just turning everyone into like monsters. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the opposite. Yeah. Of uh, of what you do to restore your family name. Yep. Take a page out of the Wesker book again. Like, <laughs> um. So, uh, so you can walk along the, the ice here after you get this note, um, to this machine room into this previously unavailable hallway. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because you have this octo handle, you can connect this electricity in the deep portion of the facility, opening up this path, uh, to this replica, um, room from Resident Evil 1. Mm-hmm. Um, the lady drawing water statue. Yeah. Here. And like walking into this room is, is probably a, if like the single coolest moment that happens in this game, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it is really weird. Yes. And surreal. Like it, it feels unusual and like, you know, thing, things are not right mm-hmm. in a real serious way. Yeah. Um, Silent Hill would do this, um, uh, similarly. Like there, like there are, um, elements, uh, places in Silent Hill 2 that mimic, um, locations that you were in Silent Hill 1 as well. Mm. Um, so like other people would do this. This did it first. But yeah, yeah. It, it is a surreal moment. Like it is so such an iconic room as well. Um, yeah. The main hall is replicated as well, but it is way too big and way way too um, uh, devoid of detail to actually like resonate here. Like it, like it is just straight up a replica. Yeah, it's very cool. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a great little moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <laughs> this leads back to um, a, a branch in the path uh, that will lead to these two different labs. Uh, the anthill room is what we find. Um, I've never seen an anthill or an ant colony like the ones we see in here, where like they are these big columns. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's real spooky though. Yeah, like it's it's gross. Yeah, it's way too uh, it's way too uniform. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could you pick up these wing objects. Um, unfortunately they stack in your inventory. Uh, but you're headed yeah. over to these different uh to these different uh lab rooms on the other side. You know, been a better idea or better name for the wing object. A wing. Uh, Wing. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't have to Last you can add an object to the end of almost anything. Yeah. <laughs> like you use your, your Luger objects or your machine gun objects to shoot. <laughs> to to shoot enemies in their head objects. Yeah. <laughs> Fire bullet objects at their, their cranium objects. <laughs> like object is, is too vague to be used yep. in a, a game. Try again. Um, <laughs> yeah. Try again. Try again. Capcom writers. Um, you get to this, uh, this other room, this, this bloody lab, uh, room. Mm-hmm. And this has a, an important research report in it, um, where we learn that Alexia, uh, derive the T. Veronica virus from this queen ant that yeah. she had. So like a lot of, you know, viruses in Resident Evil involve mixing the progenitor virus or other viruses with like the DNA from animals or whatever, yeah. like progenitor with leeches, proge- you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she had to freeze herself to slow its activity until she gained this immunity. Right, right. So, so you know, it's kind of it's kind of cool and smart, like this mm-hmm. idea that like, hey, I'm going to not just like have this thing ro- run roughshod over my DNA. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to, you know, take a little bit of it, slow the process so my body will build up the antibodies and I can perhaps become unto Wesker. Yes. <laughs> be, be unto the Wesker. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, you know, they, they saw how this failed with their father and with most of the other BOWs. If it moves too quickly, you lose your mind. You know, you yeah, become, you know, you super- get all the downsides as well. As well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there, there's a note here. She hates her soldier aunt brother. Yeah. She yeah. views him and as he inferior. Like- he loves to put pretend soldier and stuff. The ant imagery is now complete. Yes. More or less. <laughs> um, there's this paperweight kind of cube uh, puzzle thing where you have to rotate this in in your inventory. Yeah. Uh, like it says, oh, every every coin has its other side and then it gives a bunch of symbols like you're just you're just getting the input using this uh, this paperweight as a codex. Yeah. Like whatever's on the opposite side yeah. of, uh, of the symbol. This raises Alexia's pod. Um, which has Alfred's corpse. <laughs> you know, I guess just cause like. It's a fitting burial. Just, yeah, stuck him back in there cause like, I, what am I gonna do with him? You know? Um, and he has his jewel cause again, we're collecting these family jewels. Mm-hmm. Not those, these. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also a replica of the tiger statue room from RE1 here, uh, which contains a socket converter that takes the auto crank and makes it into a square crank. This lets you empty a, a water tank. Uh, I'm not rhyming here. I'm not doing some kind of like slow form rap. Um, that gets you a, a key for a crane um, at the bottom. Yes, this uh, cr- which you need to do to bring up the Nosferatu corpse. Yes, to bring up the Nosferatu corpse, which has Alexander's jewel, and another bafflingly optional boss fight. I don't even think you need to run through this room again, so it's not like defeating the giant spider that climbs up is even to your advantage. No, it is, th- at this point, the pacing has gotten real weird where they're doing a lot of uh, journal entries that give us a lot of backstory on this stuff. Mm-hmm. That again, as we mentioned, ultimately is a dead end, but also means we're spending a lot of time like collecting wings and reading mm-hmm. and not a lot of time fighting. So it just feels like they added this in to like, you know, oh, to pad stuff out to make sure this wasn't the second disc of Chrono Cross. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To get to give it action. Yeah. You know, really. Um, but you can, you know, again, don't have to do it. No. Um so, uh, Chris, you, you know, you're heading along. Um, you get into this room that looks like the Spencer mentions entryway again. Spencer. And Spencer. Uh, the, the, you, you walk into a Spencer's and, uh, <laughs> you get the fart, uh, Hooter Tooter, the farting owl, mm-hmm. and a bunch of shirts that have pictures of a Harley Quinn on them. Yep. Two, four, six, eight. Look at us and masturbate. Yeah. yeah. We must increase our bust. Um, and Claire is, uh, gooped up behind the stairs. She's like stuck <laughs> to the wall with goop. Yep. yep. Uh, she's, she, she's cocooned there. Uh, fortunately they have a knife in this room that you can use to cut her down. I, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just like, you know, in case you left that in your inventory. Cause it's like, I imagine them not doing that, you know, cause it's not the Resident Evil Kovronica style, you know, like making me backtrack would not be unusual. And just like, maybe, you know, this is the one point of the play testers where like, I'm going to quit, you know, like, <laughs> like I'm going to leave. You have like, this concession. Yeah, you have to not do this. Yeah, you know? and I don't know why they did the knife and didn't just have you like tear her down with your beef boys. Yeah, there's no, there's no reason. So oftentimes in Resident Evil, what they will do is they will force you to have an item, in, you know, in your inventory when you do something, um, in order to use that up so you have a free space for something else. So you don't yeah. just run into a situation loaded for bear, unable to pick up, um, you know, the thing that you actually need from this interaction that, then, you know, sometimes that falls down, but like, that's usually what they're doing with some of this inventory management. That isn't the case here. Like, it's not like you use up the knife and drop it and free something up. It's not like the knife is useful for you in the situation that you get to after this. Either. Mm. No, cause we're, we're kind of past the knife 
you know, the knife is very useful for the first half. Right. But, um, yeah, it, it's just silly. I don't know why they didn't just make it like a dissolving agent. Yeah. Or again, just you rip her off the wall. Yeah. You're a beefy boy. You know, you're extremely strong. <laughs> so you pull her down. Um, this is where if you got poisoned as Nosferatu, you have to go and get a cure, uh, for her. Um, which is kind of a non-issue. It's just a little chore you have to do. If she's healthy, when you take her down, she's very happy to, uh, you know, to like to see you. Um, but you do not have an awful lot of time for a uh, reunion because Alexia appears above and Claire for the comic beat here says, wait, there really is an Alexia. Like yeah. you knew that, like you saw, you, you, you knew. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we knew. I don't think she saw, she just saw tentacles come out of the, I suppose. The yeah. But, but we knew. So it is a silly, you know, silly thing. <laughs> um, Alexia, man, like the cut from the cloth, like, her supervillain dialogue is also super ridiculous. <laughs> right. Not hard to deal with. It's almost time, you genetically inferior siblings. Yeah, you <laughs> genetically inferior siblings. It's like, hey, 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 look, look what we did. You, you're playing as brother and sister and you're fighting brother and sister. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're so genetically superior that you fuck <laughs> your, your, your brother. <laughs> so the, um, you know, I saw videos of you fucking as kids. That's how genetically superior you guys yeah. are. You know, that that's the mark of genetic superiority throughout history. Contest. <laughs> Okay, okay, Alexia. Like, okay. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, <laughs> now leave me, my brother, and my child bride to go start a non-conventional family in Hawaii. Um, yeah. So, so anyway, um, you know, she, she, she uses one of her tentacles. It breaks this balcony and separates Claire and Chris. Mm -hmm. Um, Claire hears Steve screaming and runs off, uh, through some, you know, again, some Resident Evil 1 rooms and hallways that we've seen to this torture prison. Um, so we, we are playing as, as Claire now. Yes. Uh, Cause we're, we're flipping back and forth here and you do not want to give her tons of stuff. No, you want here. some healing items and like something that will stop something for a bit, like, uh, like yeah, an, you, enough of, enough of a weapon that you'll be able to, you know, s stop this boss. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't attack this boss at all. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, yeah, I, I just ran. Yeah. It, it comes down to luck so much if you don't try and stop him. So like yeah. I, I sacrifice my, uh, my, my crossbow with whatever remaining, uh, explosive bolts I have. Yeah. I mean, you could, there's a couple of different ways you could do it. Yeah. Um, you, so you're heading into this like torture prison mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Uh, in order to proceed, you have to get this key card out of, uh, out of a glass, you know, out of an orb, um, mm -hmm. which, uh, involves using a stamper, like a gigantic death trap, you know, dungeon trap thing um that you will just run into and get smooshed by yeah um, it's pretty much guaranteed as you're trying to do this yeah but um, that opens up the passageway to get to steve and he is pinned up by an axe where the nosferatu was yes um so you uh you grab him you save him um and as you're leaving he turns into a hulk and he keeps his hair cut <laughs> it is one of the dumbest looking things Resident Evil has ever done. Yep. <laughs> uh, by so much. Yep. By, by a stretch. <laughs> yeah. And that's including a game with the banner statues, which are also the dumbest thing by a stretch. <laughs> pretty. pretty. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so you can't beat him. No. Uh, you have to run away, but he's incredibly tough. Mm -hmm. Um, so the way that I did it, you know, cause he can, if you're not absolutely topped off, I think he can one shot you. Um, if you're absolutely top shot, topped off, he can two shot you. Mm -hmm. So I just sacrificed some healing items and like sprinted the fuck away. Yeah. 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 Most times when um, I tried to do that, he like, he can hit stun you when he, when he gets you. And in the process yeah. of getting up, he can, he can wind up 
uh, to, yeah. uh, to get you again. If you sacrifice, uh, some kind of, you know, some kind of weapon, you know, you're, you're not going to get it back because it's with Claire. Um, you can stun him and that gets you enough of a, you know, enough of a run to where you don't have to soak any, uh, in any shots at all. Yeah. And the, the speed run trick for this is to get hit once, like make him face the wall and get hit. And then I guess his turning speed is slow enough that you can run away. Yep, just getting hit that one time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's unwinnable. Um, and that's kind of, kind of bullshit. Like they, they generally haven't done that. Like even in the, even in the fights, even in the games that were about this unplayable enemy coming after you, be that be it Mr. X or Nemesis, you could still take him out. You know, like mm-hmm. you could, you could deal with the encounter. Here, no, like you're, you're going to die instantly and you just have to run until a cutscene triggers. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so you, you, you get away, uh, Lexi attacks at the end of the hallway and Hulk Steve, uh, saves you. Yeah. By, uh, cutting, using his axe and cutting off one of her tentacles. Um, he turns back into a human, like a weird, you know, human Steve hybrid kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he's dying. And this is so weird because it feels like we just talked about Joker turning back into a regular clown from a strong clown. Yeah. yeah, it's very it's very similar. Like, yeah. you know, and even just the the image, like the the proportions and stuff of Hulk Steve and uh, mm-hmm. Hulk Joker, are not that different. Yeah, not so different. You and I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. and him. Um. Yeah. So there's this uh, tear jerking scene, just the most the most pathos I've ever seen in a video game. You know, as you know, Steve says, "Oh, maybe maybe we can rely on each other after all." Um. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, your, your brother kept his promise. You. I'm sorry. I and, cannot. And I could not. Um, also, I love you. I've always loved you. Um, <laughs> From the moment you your, shot at me. Yeah. The moment you shot at me, I looked at your butt when you were sleeping. Like they, <laughs> they let it all out in the open. Yeah. Yeah. So. So Claire is sad because her friend has died. Um, and that is where she remains until pretty much the end of the game. Yeah. She breaks down sobbing and we just leave her. And yep. chicken on Chris, uh, yeah. where Chris is watching as Alexia and Wesker duke it out. Yeah, it's the bat, it's the battle of the Titans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if it had been like Titan Joker versus Titan Riddler? Oh, geez. Um, yeah. So, so, uh, Wesker wants the T Veronica virus from out of Alexia's blood. Alexia likes her blood, wants to keep it inside her body. Yeah. yeah. Well, so when, when my blood's out of my body, it catches fire. Exactly. Well, totally. Like as she's descending, like, you know, that's what's happening. Like the, the staircase is bursting into flames. Uh, and stuff. And she kind of like burns and, and everything. It's kind of hard. Like she doesn't look like any other, you know, uh, virus creature we've seen. No, so far, no. She's much more sleek. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, uh, still very alien looking, but like almost yeah. like a, like a, uh, what is it? Like Kerrigan, like. Yeah. Kerrigan is know, actually a really thing. good, a re- yeah. Uh, it's a very good, uh, point of comparison because she is kind of chitinous. Yeah. Uh, and she has, she has a definite human aspect to her still. Um, yeah. as she, you know, as she does her, uh, her transformation. Um, <laughs> and so they, 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 they exchange some blows and then, you know, Wesker decides, yeah, this is, you know, it, like, there's no sense in me dying here. Uh, so he, he turns to Chris and says, Chris, since you're one of my best men, I'll let you handle this. I think that's a really good joke. Like, that's, a, that's pretty good. It is a very, very good line. <laughs> yeah. Good, good Wesker. I like it. <laughs> um, so this is your first, uh, Alexa, Alexia boss fight. Mm-hmm. And she flicks out her flaming blood. Um, and everything. But at this point, if you're loaded to bear, you just kind of unload it into her. Right. And she goes down pretty quick. Right, right. Uh, she's mostly about like area denial and stuff. I think if she, if she gets right up on top of you, it's an instant death, but she moves very, uh, slowly. Yeah. yeah. Um, you knock her down. She doesn't, she doesn't die and you get her choker. Yes. Uh, which has the, the third final, final jewel. 
as you have to leave, she gets up. You yeah. know, again, showing you can't stop her. She spent 15 years waiting for the shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she didn't go to freezing school for yeah. 15 yeah. years to be called Dr. Alexia. Um, exactly. Yeah. So you have all the jewels, which get you into kind of the inner sanctum, uh, the original room where they grew up um, back here um, that, you know, the, the palace is replicas of. Uh, but this has a couple of extra rooms. Um, you know, there's a lab here that has the actual code Veronica report, um, talking about the actual, you know, Veronica project, which was to genetically engineer the perfect Ashford, uh, you know, daughter, the perfect Ashford yeah, uh, heir, you know? Yeah. Uh, so he was, you know, re- researching how to manipulate intelligence at the genetic level, um, and implanted, you know, the gene- genetic information into a surrogate mother and actually got twins unexpectedly because of mm-hmm. this. You know, Alfred was, you know, about average. Um, but Alexia was, a, you know, a, a genius, the, the, the true kind of reincarnation of Veronica. Yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, you need to get the, uh, the ruby and sapphire from the tiger eyes uh, yeah. statue, which is, uh, unpowered, uh, at this point. So you need to, uh, it's like when you grab one of the eyes, uh, it turns yeah, and you, you can't get it back. You, there's like a thing you have to do with the power grid here. Yeah, you, you have to unpower it when both, like when both of the jewels are in it so it doesn't turn so you can grab both. It's, yeah. it's a little bit, it's kind of bullshit because you end up having to take a long way around because the power also, also, <laughs> um, locks the door. Yeah. Uh, that is the most direct path, which is, which is dumb. Yeah. yeah. Pretty, pretty obnoxious, but you do that. Um, just switch the music box, uh, plate that's in the kids' rooms. Um, again with the music box plate. Um, and head up, uh, into the boardroom, uh, where you grab the dragonfly object from the anthill on the table and you're stick all those wings on there. Yeah. Um, there is a slash portrait of Alexander on the wall cause they hated their daddy. Yep. Alfred is, you know, petulant. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you put this all together, you get the, uh, full dragonfly, uh, and it creates a key that you can use on your way out. Yes. Um, and now we're in the end game. <laughs> I think, I think the music has changed at this point, you know, to the heroic Chris theme as you take the back way through the RE flashback rooms into the dungeon where you can hear Claire sobbing on the other side of the door. One of the files that she found says like, yeah, there's a self-destruct system that will deactivate all the locks and give us a way back out. Um, and we have the, you know, security card that uh, we can use uh, to activate it. Mm-hmm. Um, this card gets you into the security room, which has like all these munitions and stuff like that. This is the thing that will actually blow up the facility. I'm happy to actually see. Uh, them mm-hmm. represent it. The dragonfly key gets you in there. Uh, the self-destruct code that you enter is Veronica, um, mm-hmm. which is fun because it's like Metal Gear Solid. The the, the codes on the box, snake. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, so you're you're headed out. Claire has gotten out of her uh, little prison there, uh, and you're up on this kind of uh, wire scaffolding kind of thing, uh, and you are stopped by the fully mutated Alexa, who you know kind of um, who <laughs> who emerged. <laughs> You know, I, 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 I know it's funny. You're never, you, you will, you uh, will never get a lick of sympathy for me, no matter how complicated that makes the no, conversation. No, 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 it's, it's perfectly fine. I know. Okay. I know. We've talked about this. Uh, we've no, talked no. about this it's plenty. Just, it's funny. Just, uh, no. <laughs> let me, let me turn this off. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why they wouldn't give it a, why they gave it a name that is like fairly common. My friend, mm-hmm. my friend Zach's like wife is named, uh, uh, Alexis. Yeah. So it goes off all the time. Yeah. That's, uh, you, you can, you can change it, but not to anything that is more convenient. <laughs> it just seems like you would make it something that people, you know, it's not like the most popular baby name in the world or anything, but you'd make it something that people wouldn't have so much reason to say, right? you know, when they're not referring yeah. to the bot. Why not? Why not Amazon? You can do that. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. that makes way more sense to me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, the fully, the fully mutated Alexia, uh, you know, emerges 
um, from this massive tentacle that rises out of the ant colony. Um, yeah. And it just so happens that like the final battle with the, uh, with, with, with the nemesis, you happen to be in the, in the room with the one weapon that can kill. The ultimate weapon. Yeah. Yep. Um, so Chris sends Claire away, uh, while he fights Alexia, but Alexia steps up to kill Claire as she runs, um, and you shoot her until she turns into her queen boss form. Yeah. Here. Um, which is the final boss of the game, Queen Alexia. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, she's gigantic. She takes up the majority of this platform. You know, Claire has yeah. gotten away. Um, this is, um, because she takes up so much of it, you have absolutely no room to maneuver. She also sends out these tiny little, like, walking tumors, uh, yeah. that will, uh, kind of, like, carry you, and you have to use your ammo to, like, stun them, but, like, you can never get rid of them entirely. Uh, yeah. Additionally, she's spitting poison at you and, uh, slamming you with tentacles. <laughs> yeah. And it's a very small arena, so it is, like, kind of the Ur Resident Evil boss fight, where it's just two, you know, Final Fantasy one fight with two people staying next to each other, punching each other. Yeah. Um, I still don't find it that hard, because at this point, you know, after, you know, a couple false starts, like, had enough ammo to just, like, unload and just... I've got tons of first aid sprays. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got like a, a several of these, so I can just kind of just, yeah, you know, and I'm able to kill her. So it, it's not like a great articulation of a final boss fight. Yeah, uh, for her, it's a cool presentation. Mm-hmm. Like it looks neat. I like, you know, you know, again, it's it's kind of weird. This is what they, what she wanted, but like, okay, you know, good enough. Um, as you do enough damage, um, the ants start to swarm uh, from below her. Start to swarm her. Mm-hmm. As it's happening, you can grab that linear launcher. I think after it's charged or whatever. And uh, her torso breaks off from her abdomen. She starts flying around. She looks uh, like she looks so rough. Like when she's yeah. up there, like the design of that is so pitiful. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I like it quite a bit. Yeah. Because she's already she's on her last legs here. Um, and one shot from the linear launcher will will cause her to explode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a little bit frustrating because, you know, it is the first person aiming kind of thing. And she is like her design is just to, you know, hold still as your cursor gets over her. She will Zip so zip over to the to the other side, like a um, bug. Yeah, yeah, um, like a dragonfly or something like that. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. uh, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The uh, so after you you blow her up, uh, Chris manages to get out. But Wesker has Claire in the dungeon hallway, and Wesker <laughs> has Steve's body, which contains the T Veronica virus. So he has what he wants. Yeah. Everything from this yeah. point is just fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. This is just uh, just just cinematic goofiness. Yeah, yeah. And so like it's very long cinematic goofiness too. Like. You know, they added 10 minutes of, of cutscene, yeah. uh, to this. Yeah. You know, Wesker was in the game before, but it was mostly alongside Alexia. Most of that 10 minutes is here as Wesker, you know, taunts Chris and Chris swears revenge on Wesker for killing all of the stars comrades. <laughs> and it's like, mm-hmm. make this another boss fight. Like have him come after me. And you know, like when we're out on the, on, on the field, make it so I have to run up and trip the lever that drops all the rebar on him. Yeah. Yeah. And they couldn't do it as, a, like, an actual boss fight because, like, Resident Evil, that would be the ultimate betrayal of Resident Evil tropes, you know, mm-hmm. where, like, you know, you're trained to, like, when you get to the end boss or what feels like the end boss, like, you can use everything. Yep. You know, so if they'd actually made this a fight fight, but they could have made it an interactive scene. Yeah, that's what I mean. For sure. Instead of just, like, a, a really long cutscene, which is very weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wesker and Chris get in this fight while Claire gets to the jet. And, uh, and, and you know, Wesker is, is just saying supervillain shit mm-hmm. like sure i'm not human anymore <laughs> but look at the power i've gained you know he's just like real real wesking out yeah um and you release him again by dropping all these i-beams on him uh, which you don't have to do you just watch yeah uh but he gets up from that he's fine on um, this huge explosion uh that happens there because again the base is exploding because it's the end of a resident evil game uh <laughs> scars wesker and separates them 
And Wesker walks away laughing uh, until, until we, we meet, meet again. again. <laughs> yes. Heading to his private submarine that probably has his face on the front of it, like a Ninja Turtle vehicle. <laughs> um, and that, that when they meet again, will be Resident Evil five when they fight in a bunch of lava. Yep. Fuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're going to have to do it, right? Because we're so close yeah. to rounding out this entire series. Oh, totally. Like at least the mainline ones. Like yeah. we can't do Resident Evil five and six. Probably, you know, that might be a month. Yeah. You know, to do those two together because those are long games and this has been a really long episode. Um, but it's, I would, I would, I would like to, I'd like to revisit them. It's just, I have a lot of problems with the uh, narrative of Resident Evil 5. So, Quite a bit. yeah. Quite a bit. <laughs> um, so Chris has exploded onto the nose of the plane, uh, you know, and <laughs> over his broken spine, he says, you know, I always keep my promises. <laughs> yeah. It has become like this real silly Michael Bay action movie mm-hmm. in the, in the middle of this, this thing that started out with like, Tons of like creepy twincest has now become, you know. Well, it started out with a helicopter fight. <laughs> that, that's true. Helicopter fight, a little a saggy middle full of, I mean not saggy, like a good middle full of twincest, and then like all of a sudden it's it's the goofiest action movie in the world. Um, as they fly away, Chris says like it's payback time. <laughs> this is exactly how the last one ended. Or <laughs> where the yoga what got us into this mess? We have to destroy Umbrella. Let's finish this once and for all, which is precisely what Claire was trying to do. Yep. When she broke into Umbrella. <laughs> back to France. Like, it's we were literally, literally back to square one. Yeah, it is, it is, the, what is accomplished in this game is very, very little. Yeah, you kill maybe a couple of tyrants that they are mass producing anyway. Uh, you have, uh, cleared the way for Spencer. He no longer has to actually, uh, use any resources trying to keep the, uh, the Ashbirds down. Yeah. <laughs> and you've given, uh, Wesker the, uh, the T Veronica virus. Yeah. I mean, he would have went there without you too, but. Yeah. Yeah, you, who knows you, if, you were just uh, icing. if well, who knows if Alexia would have been weak enough if you hadn't been there to fight. Like he couldn't beat Alexia, right? So if you hadn't brought Steve there, and if you hadn't, uh, you know, weakened Alexia, like who knows, he might have failed in that. So you really fucked things up. Yeah, the fields. <laughs> um, so what? A, yeah, what a weirdly inconsequential Resident Evil. Yeah, it, it's it, it is it is a long walk back to square one. <laughs> very very strange. Yeah. Which, you know, like, it was a, you know, at times a very diverting walk. Like, I am still all in on, like, how goofy and fucked up the Ashford family is. Like, yeah. that is, that, that that is the contribution, I think, that this game, that this game gives, you know, to the series overall. It is understandably a dead end um, in a lot of ways. Um, but I've yeah. got a lot of affection for just that goofiness and them exploring, you know, like, a new kind of, you know, I, I wouldn't call it, you know, scary, but a new kind of discomfort, right? It is unsettling in a way that not a lot of stuff has been like the closest they got to it was uh uh what is it the the chief of police and his and his daughter on his yeah 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 Yeah, um like i like that too i just i kind of wish that it wasn't um just kind of gone you know like i wish that there it didn't just wrap itself up into a bow Mm -hmm. and then never show up again yeah you know like not that I necessarily want like Steve to come back or whatever, but like I, you know, I wish you know. And they do follow up on some of this stuff in Resident Evil Five, and part of it is like when they do follow up on it, it's a missed opportunity, and it is that thing you're talking about where it's the Spencers not having to deal with yeah nonsense. Like I would kind of like, you know, like just something more direct. You know, not that like Alexia should have gotten away, but just something. Right. You know, it's weird because the Ashfords weren't really a part of the story before this either. No. You know, so it is, it is a very self-contained entry mm-hmm. uh, here. And uh ends up being like, if this were, you know, Resident Evil 3 is also really self-contained as far as moving the plot forward, mm-hmm. right? Like, it takes place over a very short amount of time. 
If this was more fun to play, like I would have none of those complaints. I feel like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, you like, know it. <laughs> you know the like, like like a lot of story sins can be glossed over by the game playing well, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, and the opposite is is always harder for me. But even you know we might have found the point at which you know we we converge on that. You know, like the degree to which, like I know that, like we both are glad this exists in the world. Neither of us hate it, mm-hmm. but it sounds like you, you know, who are generally more forgiving of bad play in favor of good story stuff. Mm-hmm. This is also, you know, kind of a shitty value proposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, more 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 tolerant. In favor would be about like it, uh, I think a, a, a wrong way to put it. Yeah, more tolerant. Because I would rather, you know, I'd rather every good story have an amazing game to go along with it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't, you know, I, I I wish that this held up better. I, you know, I went into it. Last year when I streamed it, thinking like, oh my gosh, this is great. I just I have an opportunity to play it. I'm going to play it in front of people. And I left it just so frustrated and so and just kind of maddened by the, the, the shots that they missed. You know, yeah. it's, um, it's not great. <laughs> I don't think it's a sin. Like every game that we played for this month, I'm happy we did it because it generally went down smooth. It just, this just went down the least, you know, the least smooth. And it's definitely the, the worst RE that we've covered. You know, yeah, it's up against yeah, stiff, comp- stiff competition, but yeah, I think I think that's true. I don't think it's the worst, like on the balance, right? Like, how do I compare this to to five? You know, or like revisiting one without the remake. Yeah. Like one, you know, does everything first, but it's pretty rough. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's the the worst thing with the words Resident Evil on it because that's really tough. Yeah, what's well, zero? You know, yeah, like, yeah. This is not as yeah, this is not as bad as zero. Um, it's pretty bad though, and it, it's a and and. In comparison to what I thought going into it, or how excited I was to cover it, mm-hmm. um, this was this was one of those you know, a classic watch out for fireballs heartbreaks. You know, <laughs> like going back and being like, man, this thing that like I walk around every day under the impression like this is pretty good, mm-hmm. is in fact only kind of good. Yeah, you know. Yep. So that's I mean that's fine. Um, it's just uh, you know as we men- as I mentioned before, I think that there was a draft of this month that had three, uh, six, and and uh, uh, seven. And that would have been incredibly tough because, you know, six is so big. Yeah, yeah, six is like twice as long as this. Um, even though six has, you know, we both like that game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm glad we covered it. Um, hard to recommend revisiting. It's um, it's is, one of the you know, easiest of the games to you know to revisit because you don't have to have a Vita or a uh, a PS PS3 to play it. Um, yeah. you know, and a lot of the other ones like that is that is the price for entry to go back and play the PS classics. Um. It's yeah, it, it it is hard to recommend, but like if you're looking for a classic style RE fix and it's the only one available to you, like there are charms to find. It is just, it is just a a very not not a very bad. It is it, it is a poor implement, implementation of the form. Yeah, and uh, and you can work a little bit harder to find a much better version. Yeah, of this like pretty easily. Like they they you know there are re releases of uh you know remake and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always going to be the perennial recommendation. Oh, like, yeah, you can play you can, it on, yeah, you can play it on your PC. Yeah. yeah, you can play it on PC. You can play it on PS4. Like, remake's going to be there if you need that old RES, <laughs> RE style. Yeah, there you go. You know, and it and it's sublime. You know, it, it does everything right that this game does wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that it, the other reason why I'm happy to play this though is I do think that there's something there to this being what people who don't like Resident Evil think all Resident Evils are. Yeah, it's the around and the sun. <laughs> you know, exactly the, the around the sun of the the series. So like. Playing this along with three has been like, oh no, this is actually like a very tightly designed series. It's not something I just liked because of the goofy story and the subject matter and mm-hmm. like inertia. 
it's something I liked because they were genuinely really great games. Yeah, good you ideas. know, and, I, and a, a great, good ideas, great like gameplay. Like one, two, three, like one, two, and three are all very good. Yeah. Um, and this is just kind of you know, it's not just that nostalgia. Nope. It's a uh, you know, there, there's design decisions that go in there, and this kind of helped underline what those are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you, know, you 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 keep a lot of stuff the same, and you change a couple of variables, and you can see what makes the others so special by how this one plays out. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that that's that has some some utility. Yep. Um. Yeah, so uh, next week, as we mentioned, we're going to be covering Resident Evil 7. Um, I'm extremely excited. Me too. I love that game. That. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely love it. Um, one of the best games I've played this year, like in a walk. Yeah. Um, really, really good. Um, excited about that. Uh, if you have things to say about the Resident Evil franchise, you have until October 15th. Yep. They hit um, us up. Yes, you do. Um, so if you're listening on the main or on the main feed, you have like three days to do that. Uh, you have until Sunday. Uh, if you're listening on early release, you have a little bit of time, but early is always better. Yes, and I said that franchise I really meant three Code Veronica and seven. Yeah, yeah. If you have like a general like you know, t- talk about the franchise in comparison, maybe like don't yeah. give us like regular RE thoughts. Yeah, um, this isn't your last chance to talk about Resident Evil because it's not our last chance to talk about Resident Evil either. So don't, yeah. don't treat it as such. Um, after that, if you have things to say about uh, Transistor, Actraiser, or Thimbleweed Park, uh, our first themeless month, mm-hmm. um, hit us up by November fifteenth. Uh, that's what we're doing after that. Yeah. Um, and that is also when we're going to, you know, November is when we're going to announce oh, October. Fuck. What mm-hmm. am I thinking? This is, okay. this is all messed up. No, don't worry. Uh, eventually we're going to announce our uh, winter WRPG, which we've talked yeah. up a great deal before. Um, mm-hmm. very excited about that. Absolutely. Um, if you want to support the show, the best way to do so is to go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. We're hovering around our next, uh, milestone goal. We've been hovering. We'll keep hovering. We want to, we want to smash it. So. Uh, if you listen to the show, please consider giving us a buck or two a month. Yeah. Um, you know, it is, uh, it is easy. You get the, uh, you can get the shows early, week early. You can get a lot of cool stuff. Just go to that website, check it out and, uh, and see what you think. Yeah. Um, you can also rate and review the show on iTunes, which is very helpful. Yes. If you're in the Pacific Northwest, you can come visit us at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, uh, at the, um, I think it's the Oregon Convention Center, uh, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fun time. We're going to be doing a live show and have a table set up talking about, um, the WarioWare series. Yeah. And uh, we'll also have a meetup that weekend, everything. Like, check social media for that. Um, if you're down that weekend, we'd love to see you. Yeah. Um, and we always, uh, when you know, at those things, when we, we do, uh, you know, buttons and stickers, we have, like, stuff to give away. Yeah. So come get some stuff. Yeah. Uh, and don't be shy. Um, yeah, and don't be shy. Just uh, walk up to us. We're nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's probably about it. I think so. Uh, it's been a long episode, so we'll let you go. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in yeah. a week with RE7. Yeah, and uh, until next time, uh, who is Gulp Dog? Those things are way, like...
you don't really play those. I got one of those too, thinking that I'd play it, <laughs> yeah. and you don't. No, nope. like I find ex- I don't know how the the YouTubes do it, but neither, neither do I. I was like, oh, yeah. it's just like a you know, it's it's kind of like the melodica that I got, just a simple dumb little instrument to mess around with. But like the, yeah. the nice thing is you can you can just leave it around and pick it up and play with it. But yeah, I. Have but no... it's great, and it's a great little object too. Like it looks cool. <laughs> yeah, like they they look great. The um, I left mine on. I need to actually get replacement batteries for it, yeah. but. The um, yeah, I was like, oh, like this will be a cool thing that like I can, you know, I can play this, but like, man, uh, I can't. Yeah. So our uh, our composer at work has one, and I was like, oh my god, this is such so cute, and he picked it up and he like played a little melody on it, and then I was like, oh yeah, you're you're good at this. I like it's it's impossible to do. It's somewhere between like playing a, you know, like a regular like stringed instrument mm-hmm. and like a theremin. Yeah. Like it's a little bit more wishy washy than just like a regular, you know, like yeah. a violin. Yeah, like a, something without frets. Yeah. But yeah, but not quite as, as out there as like people as a theremin. Like people can play a theremin or like a singing saw or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, where like the, the, it's real like, uh, like silky. You mm-hmm. know, there's like, it's too, too easy to me move between notes. Like it is too loose. Yeah. And like the, the it's, it's like a, guitar or stringed instrument where the action is too high where if you press it, like how hard you press actually determines like if you're off key so like inton- yeah. intonation is really important on it i've noticed so yeah. like i've just been you know just why i want something to do with my hands just trying to like find and hold an actual note yeah <laughs> and, like yeah even, yeah, they, even they that got, is, like a scale yeah it's tricky to do but like it's doable it's just like getting on that scale like getting the muscle memory to mm-hmm. to play something you know, with with no guide, like no no starting point, anything like that seems really really tricky to me. Yeah, I don't think it would be uh, the the Pro series. I think does have little markers. Yeah, yeah, on it. So it's like it's got something closer to frets. Yeah, which like I don't know why I didn't just spring for the Pro. Yeah, I, just, uh, I mean, I it was like twenty dollars versus a hundred. Oh, I guess that's true. Something. That's yeah. exactly why I didn't do it. I thought it was I thought it was cheaper than that, but yeah, yeah. the. There is a version you can play like yeah. an instrument, and then there's the version that's the toy. Yeah, it's a fine toy. <laughs> oh yeah, they're great. They're real cute. Um, did you get the white one or the black one? Oh, uh, black one. Yeah, I got the white one. Hmm. Yeah, and, I just, uh, yeah. I just wanted them to look like a little uh, little music note. Let's make them fuck until we get the gold one. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I 